Hey, it's Darren from Bonfire. Thanks for checking out the podcast. This episode was recorded live on YouTube and Facebook. Head on over, and you'll get the full Bonfire experience. Consider giving us a like and a subscribe. And when you do that, you help fuel more free content here on Bonfire Sports. Find everything you need, links and more, bonfiresports.ca. Now, enjoy the show. Stunning, incredible, remarkable, extraordinary. Zach Schnitzer, so often those are overused cliche terms in pro sports, but at this juncture in time and with this Winnipeg Blue Bombers team, all of those words are apt. They are 9-0 and with a huge fourth quarter and a really big win, 35-20 in Montreal tonight. Welcome, everybody, inside game day after dark. My name is Darren Bombing, joined by Zach Schnitzer, as we so often do here on Bonfire Sports. Schnitz, how did you see that one? Did you see that fourth quarter coming with a team that has been so road-weary, so thirst and starving for a bye week that that fourth quarter was their best quarter, I would say, in a month? That fourth quarter was 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 championship team fourth quarter, Darren. They I put up these- what twenty one points. Yeah, and and I gotta say the burning point. I'm gonna throw it right out there because we just want to get bonfire re- burning point. The bonfire burning point. We want to get right to football because this is some effing football team. Is it ever, Darren? The the Alouettes tie it. They 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 get a nice challenge from Machocha on that on that Eugene Lewis toe tap catch. I mean, good for him, right? They tie it. They they get the two point convert. What does Zach do next? He throws a pick. So you're thinking, uh oh, like is this team going to collapse in the fourth quarter? He just threw another interception. We know Zach is a gunslinger and Zach giveth and Zach taketh away. <laughs> but what happens next is that the dark side defense steps up. They get a big sack. They force, uh, they force the punt. And, and what does Zach do next? It's like this one and oh mentality. It's like, let's forget the last win. Let's forget the last game and let's focus on this game. Let's forget the last play and the garbage pail of turnovers and penalties that they saw that, 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 that was uncharacteristic of the Bombers. And Zach, it was on second down, just slings it. To who? Shone? No. Bailey? No. Dembski? Dembski? No. Drew Walatarski, their leading receiver tonight, <laughs> leading receiver, playing some air guitar with an absolute dime, with an absolute beauty of a catch. And yeah, from that there, really was. they take it to the house with a Prue Cup on third down. 
And that was that. Then then Montreal just implodes. Janarian Grant gets a much-deserved punt return touchdown. What a game. You know, I just... Kolaris is 26-1, and one, not because he's perfect every night, Darren, but because he is Mr. Zen. He, he, he forgets the last play. He could throw three picks. He had a fumble, which led to an Alouette's field goal. Doesn't matter. He's going to keep slinging. And they kept slinging it all game. The guy, I don't know the average depth of target. Holy crap. He just kept slinging it. Sometimes I got a little bit mad at him. I mean, I'm like, come on, buddy. When it was 28, 14, he, he threw a big one and he, and he missed uh, uh, Rashid Bailey, but yeah, man, like I'll turn it over to you, but what digging deep, hey, eh? like digging Absolutely. so deep, your arms yeah. are burning. That shovel is churning and, and somehow you just get to that extra layer through the through the hard Manitoba clay in your garden and you just <laughs> you uncover a, a beautiful bulb or, or seedling and, and holy Dinah, like what a team. What it is. Team. It, it is a little bit ironic that a drill football coaches have done for generations, for decades. A drill you often do at the end of practice is called fourth quarter. Okay, guys, fourth quarter. We're running, we're running, we're running. You absolutely exhaust the bodies on the team, and then you challenge them mentally. This Blue Bombers team is so mentally tough, so sharp, so well-rounded, and like, screwed tight in a good way that no matter what comes at them, whether it's a bunch of giveaways or field position flipping or strange penalties or whatever circumstances it might be, three game road trip, no buys for three months, um, travel, whatever, hot, humid, muggy uh, against a desperate football team that played well tonight in the Montreal Alouettes and Winnipeg showing they know how to win football games. They know how to get it done when it matters. And that is with strong fourth quarter football, mentally sharp, bodies drained, but still pushing hard. Michael Shea talked about it this week, Zach. He said, yeah, it's a little bit of a different week. Um, he didn't admit that. He didn't admit that it was a different week. But in answering questions about that, he said, it's a little bit different in that it's the same, but just shorter bursts, same intensity, same uh, practice effort level, but then just shorter bursts of it to keep the body fresh in their only practice this week. Mike O'Shea, his coaching staff, his training staff, um, everybody in that building, they have a very, very regimented system yeah. is what I was told this offseason is that they know what works. They've got back-to-back -back titles. They know what works with travel, with short weeks, with injuries, what have you. They know exactly what to do when in a certain moment. And tonight, a great example of that. This could have been a trap game. This could have gone a very, very different way. Uh, Zach Kolaris throws, uncharacteristically, three interceptions. I don't think you can hang all of those on him no. at all, especially the, the Dembski one uh, to yeah. the end zone. But, um, you know, at, at the same time that Winnipeg did everything they needed to do to win this game, despite stupid penalties despite yep. yeah. uh, allowing Brady Oliveira to have another good game and, and get Winnipeg's run game going. 
despite some very, very strong play from Tyson Philpot and Gino Lewis, um, you know, who had another, you know, to him seems pedestrian. Uh, but I mean, it's consistently, you know, nine catches, 123 yards, yeah. three second down conversions. Gino is legit. Um, yeah, Joey Alfieri and I talked about it on the pregame. He's, he's crazy good. Uh, but despite all of that, yeah. it's still a tight football game. Winnipeg not playing particularly well, especially in the first quarter. And, and what happens? Uh, Winnipeg and Montreal neck and neck entering the fourth quarter, tied 14 apiece. And then it's a Montreal Alouettes challenge to extend a drive. Yep. Yep. They miss a field goal to take their, to, to take the right. lead again. That's right. Um, and from there, Winnipeg was like, here's our opportunity. Janarian Grant with a huge 23-yard catch and run. Uh, yeah. Brady Oliveira with a couple good runs, including one that got negated uh, by a rare penalty uh, for, from Stanley Bryant, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Unusual uh, Deco- from him, eh? You know, nine plays, 95 yards. Dakota Prukop punches it in. Next yeah. possession for Montreal, Jackson Jeffcoat. First game back after missing a couple. First sack of the season, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, and was that his Jan- first one, Darren? No yeah. way. Isn't that something? Unbelievable, buddy. And then Janarian Grant with a 57-yard punt return touchdown to put Winnipeg up another score. Yeah. Uh, and then it just went from there. Winston Rose interception, Adam Big Hill interception, uh, Brady Oliveira rightly rewarded for two back-to-back Hell really yeah. strong games. On a short week for a bang and bruise and, and wear and tear position like tailback. Good yeah. on Brady for having yeah, a uh, love 17 carry night for 92 yards, averaging over five yards per carry, 5.4, uh, and then getting that touchdown uh, in the fourth. And quarter. running outside, eh, Darren? Like yes, you saw a little bit running space. off tackle, which was nice. Uh, and what a catch by Brady Oliveira. That big, big catch. What was it, 23 yards or something? Yeah, I wrote I that I couldn't down. believe it. That was Andrew Harris-like. Like unorthodox, right? When you send your tail back, especially someone like Brady, who's a little bit smaller and a little bit more power back style. You send him straight up the middle and he makes the contested catch. It's not like he was wide open. He made a very contested catch. Um, You know, then a PI on uh, Rashid Bailey. Bailey, Uh, It was uh, Rodney Randall who, who got that. And then Winnipeg finds their way. Uh, for a touchdown, Dalton Schoen uh, leading the league in, in touchdown receptions this season with his seventh. Um, you know, when when Rashid Bailey had that PI call, and I think he made another pretty impressive catch in the first half. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember reading his tweet uh, earlier today, I believe it was, or it was late last night, that uh, he had family driving up from Philly. Driving up from Philadelphia to Montreal to see him play, which is, you know, a rare thing. It's still a long drive from from Philly to Montreal. It's it's not a, you know, a short trip, Um, but closer than, you know, say Toronto or or Winnipeg or wherever. Um, And for him to have the game he did, um, just clutch when he needed to be. Two catches on six targets, but they were big because both mm-hmm. of them converted second downs um including his touchdown yep. uh which which was a great one and you could see uh you know on the blue bombers blue bombers social media accounts how absolutely fired up he was um <laughs> to have the game he did so you know when winnipeg is thin and depleted and tired and like dalton Schoen admitted to me i said are you guys how tired are you guys i asked him this week he's like we're, we're all right we're all right 
That's about the most you're going to get from a Blue Bombers team. They're never going to say we're tired. It's been tough. No, they're never going to say that. And they're they're never going to say we're great and lie and, and just be dishonest. We're, we're doing all right. You know, no doubt they were tired. No doubt they are beaten and bruised. Um, they're going to have a couple days off now. No question. They'll do a little bit of film work uh, tomorrow back in Winnipeg. But uh, what a huge, huge win for this Blue Bombers team. I would put it up there with the win in BC, the win in Calgary last yeah. week. Um, maybe even the win in, um, no, the win in, the win against Hamilton was, was maybe more anticipated to be a, a, a big close game, but uh, Winnipeg. Sure. Was great pretty... cup rematch with the white, the whiteout night. Yeah, for sure, buddy. But at nine and oh, they just continue to impress. Uh, I think right as of right now, that's easily one of their best games of the season. They were plugged in, buddy. They, 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 maybe they weren't quite plugged in, but they plugged in in the fourth quarter when it mattered the most that the dark side defense came to play. You had Jackson Jeff goat, make a hell of a play on the sack. And I'm plugged in. Thanks to my wife. I've got ethernet cable, buddy. So there's not oh, going to be any of that choppiness. Loud and clear it's and strong. Be perfect, loud, clear, and strong from from me over here, Darren. I just I I don't have enough superlatives for this team anymore. Like nine. Well, I said and I said them off the top, right? Like remarkable, extraordinary, um, incredible. Are you freaking kidding me! Like I I know I'm a fan, and and I'm trying not to. Uh, <laughs> just jump up and down with glee buddy but like what sure. we're seeing is unbelievably amazing by this team and this is a I tweeted this earlier this week this is going to be a team that we will be talking about for decades and decades it 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 harkens back to those great teams of the 80s Darren those those legendary teams of the sixties with Bud Grant, how you go on a short week with one practice with a bunch of backups still playing, mm-hmm. albeit Dembski comes back. You, this like, don't get me like, don't tell me that the bombers just go in there and, and are just going to crush the Alouettes. Did I pick them to, to, to cover the spread five and a half? Of course I did. And I made a pile of money. I've turned 20 bucks into a hundred and going to buy my wife a present, but uh, shout out to sportsinteraction.com. But to go into a trap game, like the biggest emotional game of the year, they go to McMahon, they beat the stamps. They let it all hang out there. Mm-hmm. And then they go to Montreal and they play a team they haven't played. And and maybe you can add on this, Darren. It is hard to play a team you haven't played. Like, I don't care if they're two and five. And we know Montreal was a bit better than their record, right? You go into a to a to a it's a hot night, right? Looking to to cook the game, the bombers, the bombers were cook that that lark, cook that chicken. And they did cook them, but you know, it was a slow burn. It, it was in the uh, it was in the smoker for a while, and then they turned on the broil. But to go into an opponent's home field on a really hot night with no rest, Mm-mm. and my goodness, like and a Nolthorpe defense and Nolthorpe, he brought pressure in a lot. You tweeted this, buddy. Like, how hard is it 
to go into another team's barn, a team you've never played, you've got the film on them, but you haven't played them yet. And, and to, to battle that adversity, you're getting kicked around with penalties and, and turnovers. And they come out and they just turn the broiler on and they cook the feathers fat and, and gristle off that lark. Oh, it was just like, how hard is that, Darren? You've played, you've covered football. That is well, not easy to do on, sh- on, on a, like, there's no rest there. The, the, the rest and the fatigue and, and the God. travel and all of that aside, because we, we know what that is. Like, that, that's undeniable. But in addition to that, I asked Buck Pierce this week about, uh, you know, facing a team like Montreal that fired their head coach. And by the way, if you're not on social media and reading the tweets from like Odell Willis uh, and Milt Stiegel, uh, you know, blaming the penalties tonight, like jokingly blaming the penalties tonight, or like we're, those penalties are on Kahari Jones. Right. <laughs> right. That's the reason the discipline. Oh, and I, anyway, uh, asked him, asked Buck Pierce about uh, facing a team that has changed mid season in particular, yeah. a defense that went from DC Baron miles to uh, Noel Thorpe. And, you know, Buck replied, it's, you know, every game is going to have its own unique challenges. Uh, what's under the surface of, of fan and media understanding like true, true understanding is the game planning and the scheming that goes into every single matchup in the CFL. Four games every week is four unique chess matches between teams that aren't just, oh, you know, we're going to give the ball to our running back and we're going to run these, you know, one of these 40 pass plays. It's so much more complex than that. So um, to face a team you haven't faced, to face a team that probably looks very different on film right now compared to a month ago, um, that had their own defensive, um, you know, changes and adjustments just in the lineup alone. Right. What did we see? We saw the Montreal Alouettes coming with heat at the Winnipeg blue bombers early and often they made Zach Kolaris's day difficult, especially in the first half. Uh, I thought they did a pretty good job keeping that going into the second half, but they, they just couldn't keep up with Winnipeg and, and, you know, uh, in the end, a Janarian Grant return touchdown, field position with interceptions. Uh, it was just a little bit too much. But boy, oh boy, uh, Montreal played Winnipeg really, really well. Uh, everybody's been raving about the Bombers' defense. The Bombers' offense has been very, very good. Um, and Montreal did what they needed to do to disrupt that, to disrupt the most outstanding player um, or top performer for the month of yep. July in Zach Kolaris, to keep uh, Dalton shown in check for the most part. He had um, five catches for 58 yards, you know, three second down conversions. He became more of that possession receiver tonight than the big shot downfield stretch the field receiver uh, yep. that he has been the last couple of weeks. However, he still found the end zone, uh, you know, but, but they were all over him. He had 58 yards tonight, Zach. Yeah. Two yak yards, two <laughs> yards after the catch. Not, you know, like, 41 uh, on one catch, you know, like that 81 yard touchdown. He had 41 yards after the catch, two yards after the catch tonight. So as soon as he caught the ball so often contested and, and, you know, coverage right there tackled on the spot, they were all over Dalton shown. They were all over uh, Zach Kolaris, uh, 58% passing 210 yards, three interceptions, two touchdowns. Uh, So average night, I would say for a starting quarterback in the CFL, yeah, you know, three INTs, like, you know, that, that might even be generous, but 
Zach knew what he was doing and he ran the offense effectively. Uh, getting Brady going to the tune of over 100 combined yards uh, sure helps a lot. Um, he had, uh, you know, almost 130 combined, 92 on the ground, 35 receiving. Uh, they did what they needed to do. They, they just, you know, to answer your question, it is tough with all of the travel and everything, but it's also difficult facing a team that has changed that you don't have a lot of good film on that is changing things up defensively, both exactly. with personnel and system. Uh, they, they found a way to get it done. And, and that's, that's Mike O'Shea football. That's Winnipeg blue bombers football right now. They can look down and out. Don't ever count them out. They'll come back. Nice rhyming there, my friend. Oh, and, oh that Oliveira catch, I was just looking at the stats. That was a 35-yard catch, a uh, contested catch. Like you said, this is a power back making a contested catch. And and that's film study too. Like that's I don't think you see Brady Oliveira running free up the middle on a go route very often, but they saw, I think, zero coverage or it was man. And uh, because they had the extra blitzer, which Montreal often did, by the way, and and, the, and he throws it up to Oliveira and he trusts him. Like he's just, Zach is just such a, God, I want to say the F word. He's just a gunslinger. Like I'm like a Matt Dunnigan, you know, like he just, he just heaves it up there. Uh, just unbelievable from him. But we, we talk about Zach so much, you know, we can get away from him in a second, but just the mm-hmm. interceptions. I think that one on Dembski, I, don't, I agree with you, Darren. And that, I like your tweet. That was a beautiful pass. It was a, a perfect pass. pass. Dembski just didn't get his hands on it. It bounced good, off his shoulder really pads and really, really good, good defense. I think that was, was that Decois on there who Mark just Antoine grabbed Decois, it? Yeah. 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 Similar to that. Second year player out of the university of Montreal, like a DB yeah, making yeah. a hands play like that deep downfield on, you know, a little U sports on U sports, uh, uh, battle there between, uh, Dembski and Decois. But, um, yeah. No, I, you. That was a great ball thrown oh, by Zach it was Kolaris. A beautiful ball. Yeah. So I don't put that on him. I mean, Dembski needs to get his hands there. Sometimes he does do a little bit of a body catch. But uh, <laughs> who am I to say? You know. But anyway, that wasn't. I don't think uh, people were calling for pi there. I didn't see that. Darren, did you see any sort of pi possibility on that interception? When, on the when, decoy interception? Yeah, I, I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't you see know, anything, but. I, I know there were a lot of fans out there. I was, you know, the social media kind of lit up with that. Um, yeah. Nothing egregious to me. And and the reason I say that is, uh, you know, there was no jersey pull. I understand his hands were on him for a moment. But when the ball arrived, they fought for the ball. Yeah. And when officials see the defender and the receiver both fighting for the ball and the receiver hasn't been impeded in any way, it's it's clean, you know? Yeah. Uh, I had some people reaching out to me asking, you know, like, why isn't that a conceded single when there's an interception uh, in the end zone? Other people thought maybe Decoy's oh. <laughs> knee went down at the one. Um, I love the CFL. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a little bit counterintuitive, but um, I like the rule. I don't think if, if you create a turnover, not like, you know, I understand a punt is a change of possession, right? Or yeah. a missed field goal is a change of possession, and that's a single point. But an interception, if you create it in that moment, I don't think you should be penalized by having uh, to give up a point. Otherwise, I don't know, you know, like you're yeah. going to knock a ball down, you could catch. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense. To I me. like what I like what Kevin Sproul is saying in the chat. You know, if you call PI on that, you'll just have to call it on every play. And I think you let, uh, you know, it's hard to hard to swallow, Darren, when it's against okay. your own team. But 
you got to let the players play a little bit. So I, I like the no call there on that interception. Zach's other one, one was an overthrow. I, I noticed he overthrew Drew Walatarski. I, I imagine maybe that's pressure getting to him or it's... Might have been a know, little bit of miscommunication, miscommunication between the two on the road. receivers. Yeah. And then the other one, the one in the, the first pass he threw, I think he was under pressure and someone undercut the ball. And that to me, that looks like Montreal film study. And and like they, they call it takeaways, right? Because the other team schemes to take the ball away and Montreal came in with a good game plan. So you can't just say Zach didn't play great. I think the other team, they're, they they're takeaways. We we yeah. give ourselves takeaways. Michael Shea calls them takeaways for a reason. And I mm-hmm. I get behind that. And I'm going to get behind that for Montreal. You know, I, I think I, I don't put it all on Zach. And what matters is, and, and I talked about this in my mental health article, right? It, it, you know, don't make a single defeat your final defeat. You know, you you go on to the next play. It's very mindful. You know, uh, <laughs> we can get into that on another show. But but uh, that's an F. Scott Fitzgerald quote that that someone told me once, which I love. But um, I have a literature degree. I didn't do anything with it. But we we got to ask. I got to ask you, Darren, about this pyramid thing. So this yep. pyramid, I've never heard. I've, I'd never seen it. I'd heard of it. Holy Dinah, like you talk about Kahari Jones getting turfed because of discipline and then you see a penalty. Who was it on Twitter that was it Westwood or or, or someone who said you don't see like you that's get, that gets coached out of you in peewee you don't see that penalty in I pro think football i know Je- jeff hacked uh jeff the Hacked former, said that, yeah. former canadian safety of the, uh, the blue bombers in edmonton <laughs> and then a bunch of stops in the cfl he said that's day one install of training camp that you can't right. do that uh pyramiding for for people that aren't familiar yeah please explain it well it's essentially like how you would make a human pyramid at the beach right like you and your friends at the beach and you know you can fall on the sand and not really hurt yourself so you can kind of everybody on their hands and knees and and you layer up and and crawl on your friend's back and then they crawl on your back and whatever, right? You build it up. Uh, Pyramiding is using your teammate or the opponent to launch from, right? So uh, I think it was 94 or 44. I I can't remember who it was for Montreal, but they got on the back of their teammate and elevated off of their back. So like either push with their arms or even push with their feet uh, to to jump and and elevate um, not from the ground. Right. Right. So they call it pyramiding because you can't, you can't crawl up on the pile and, and try to get a, you know, a Willie Jefferson mid in there, uh, block it away. But it's illegal um, when you try and do that to break into your neighbor's house when they're away at the lake and you want to go in their pool and it's illegal in the CFL. Get over the fence. And it's a pyramid (laughs) scheme. Pyramid schemes don't work. Thank you, Andrea. I love that. Pyramid schemes don't work, but. Well, they work for a bit. Yeah, maybe for a bit, but (laughs) that was, that was a harsh one to take when you're in a close game and you've caused some turnovers. The other thing I want to say, Darren is, is, a lot of people were knocking Danny Machocha for going for it deep, deep in the red zone, the first red zone appearance for Montreal, going for it on third down. And one thing we talked about in midweek, at least I had it in a note. I don't know if I said it, but I said, our team's going to start going for it on third down in the red zone against the Bombers because they know field goals are not going to beat this Bombers team. You saw that last week in Calgary where they were stuck to four field goals and Mm -hmm. that came back to bite Calgary. That was the difference, the red zone efficiency. 
And I thought Machocha was smart to go for it because I think he knew that if you're not going to get touchdowns, the but but then on the other hand, he punts it away on third and inches from his own. I think it was 19. Yeah, and, and you. And I know you and you and someone else were were tweeting about that. I know you're deep in your own zone, but the but the probability of hitting a third and inches in the CFL with a yard off the ball is I don't know that one that one didn't didn't go well with me. Like I, on, like you're talking on both hands your both both sides of your mouth. Sorry, Darren, but but you're saying like we can't get field goals. We have to be opportunistic. We have to go for it. And then on the other hand, on a play that you that you almost make. Um, just just by being a yard off the ball, and and you have a guy in Dominic Davis who I don't think can throw the ball very well, although he did in garbage time. He should get that ninety nine point nine percent of the time. I just I wondered about that because it looked like a coach that was speaking out of both sides of his mouth. There, there's, you're you're right. You you can look at it either way. You can justify either way. Uh, early in a game. Uh, I understand like, you know, the opponent comes into the decision, right? Like you're playing Winnipeg, you know, you're going to have to score points. You know how difficult it is to score points against this defense. You know, how difficult it is to score touchdowns against this blue bombers defense. Like they hadn't allowed a rushing touchdown uh, <laughs> at all this season yeah. until Kadeem Carey gashed him for two last week. Um, but I didn't mind that decision. Yeah. You're on your own 20 if you're midfield, maybe you'd feel a little bit better. But if you don't pick up that first down, which is quite like, like Winnipeg's goal line defense, short yardage defense, how many times have they stood on yeah. the goal line and not allowed teams to either quarterback sneak or run or whatever? They're very, very good. So They're often, often yep. coaches will be like, I believe in my defense. Yeah, that's, that's why we hunted point. it away. Yeah, that sort yeah. of thing. But in this instance, if Montreal goes for it and doesn't pick up the first down, which is, yeah. you could say, a fair possibility, almost a coin flip, maybe even not as good as a coin flip, you're giving three points to Winnipeg because they're yeah. going to be at least inside. They're, they're in I hear range. you. I hear you. And then you, and then that's, you that's saw that. Swing. It is a big swim. And by the way, welcome Frosty. This is a new guy or gal or, 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 or they on the, on the chat. So welcome. I always love to see new people. Uh, kind of ironic that we got a Frosty on a hot night in Montreal on a hot day yeah. in Winnipeg. Uh, a Friesen. A Friesen uh, or a Frost. I don't know. A I, got, oh, I got a buddy. I, I got a buddy named Frosty too. He's You're not a quick. Though. You're quick. And also uh, Denis, is it Denis or Dennis? I keep forgetting, but he loves to see my chart. I have my chart. Uh, I, yeah. I talked to Dennis Thinking a couple of you, times buddy. this week. Dennis, he, Dennis, sorry. He, he goes, he goes by both. Okay. He goes by both. How you doing, Dennis? How you Good doing, Dennis? I appreciate this is the most organized you'll ever see me. Just, just ask my family. But, but you saw like, <laughs> like the Bombers had a great, great stop in the first quarter where Biggie just tackles them uh, to set up that third and inches. Right. I, I think it, I think it was uh, Antwi who was trying to run it and Biggie just stood him up and, and Biggie later get, gets the interception. I didn't see it. I, I, I had to I step away for a second to deal with a, a child sleeping. Uh, by the way, if people are, are wondering why we started early, there's different reasons. I know some people want to watch the coach, the, 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 the coach interview. Darren is a gem of a person. 
He knows where my wife and I are doing some sleep training with a toddler and my seven-year-old too. We're trying to get her to sleep by herself. And he knew it would be helpful to start earlier. So we we don't want to disrespect CJOB or anything, but he is just an unbelievable guy. I told him last minute, man, I might have to run to uh, go intervene with that little toddler of mine. But hey, night three, Darren. Family first. Uh, uh, three Pete, baby. Um, I got my son to sleep without uh, my wife having to intervene. And and uh, anyway, nobody wants to hear about that. We do have to talk about this horn. <laughs> Everybody's horny for this horn. Yes. Well, and, and I Jeff love, Hamilton I love- with the tweet of the game. I guess Montreal is just horny, which, you know, you know about the nightlife there. But what what is it about this horn? I, I didn't have the volume up too much, but uh, what was going yeah, on like, there? Just incessant is the way I would describe it. Like it never, ever stopped. Uh, you remember the World Cup in uh, South Africa? Yeah, the Vuvuzelas. That was 2010, I think. Yes, 2010. So yeah. uh, I would actually, I was in college at the time, um, and I would actually enjoy listening and watching those games. And I could fall asleep to those Vuvuzelas because, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even lying, no, no word of a lie. I could fall asleep to them because there were so many of them, like 50, 60,000 of them that it kind of created more of a hum. Oh yeah. Tonight, yes. it was a, tonight yeah. in Montreal. And just like, you know, the, the, the cadence of, of soccer or football play by play, um, <laughs> was just Very so good. relaxing, <laughs> so relaxing and, and so nice. So I would, I would take some nice snoozes, um, you know, if, if, uh, you know, my team wasn't playing, uh, but either way, um, the difference in Montreal tonight was it's bop, 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 like just mm. incessant. Was it one fan burst. or was it a bunch of them? No, I, I think I'm sure it was a bunch of them. Some people had the Vuvuzelas, like the actual long plastic horns. Well, like not like this, but like like this long, like super long, um, like up like a meter. Yeah, kind of like yeah. those uh, yard beers they have at the Gold Eyes games oh, this year. Yeah. It's like a, like yeah. a, oh, a, a, bat, a yard bat. So it's like a bat full of beer. It's like. Check oh, out Hustler's yes. Twitter. You'll you'll yeah, you'll find yeah. it in the the media section there. Um, but what they had, what like normally you have those air horns you keep on your boat if you're distressed, you know. In in yes, if you're in like, distress, they're loud right? as hell. Yeah, super loud. Yeah, my well, like, pops had one. Yeah, I he remember bringing bring it to bomber games and and the fans around him hated it for. <laughs> I remember my parents bought me one at Canadian <laughs> Tire on St James Street, and then we went to Winnipeg Arena, and I nice. got to blow that horn all hockey game. That was fun, <laughs> but I I didn't do it incessantly. It's like you know moments of big cheer. It's like what that's that was cool as a kid, yeah, right? Not incessantly. But these are grown ass people just pop up like they're they're hand pump ones. So they're just hand pumping, bop, bop, yeah, bop, bop. Yeah. Like it, it was incessant. It never stopped. Uh, it was during offense, during defense. Like it made no difference. Do you think TSN is going to try and address that? Because it affected the broadcast. Like it's crazy no that a fan can uh, affect the broadcast. It's uh, and, and here's what I want to see. I'm excited for this, Darren. And I think we can uh, maybe get in front of this. What are we going to do as Winnipeg fans when we fill up IG Field on August 11th, finally back at home? How are we going to pay homage to the horn, but in a respectful way, but in a hilarious Winnipeg way? I want to I want to see what we come up with, because it's going to be a meme all week. You know it. And I I just want to see what Winnipeg fans come up with. I don't want them to upset our our offense when they're on the field, you know, when people get loud and things mm-hmm. like that. But 
they were so irritating for so many people. I saw it so much on Twitter and I, I just want to see what we could do. Um, <laughs> don't, uh, don't bring fun. air horns to Pretty IG field, you know, do your fun. cow, do your cowbell, bring your drum or your tambourine or, um, you know, even a Vuvuzela, but don't bring an air horn. Um, you know, Layton who's watching live on, on YouTube and, and shout out to everybody. Thanks for joining us. Oh, uh, the chat is El Fuego to, to, yeah, to use it absolutely Spanish is. There, the fire is well stoked tonight. Uh, all of the, uh, viewers, uh, you know, Zach, you and I like to kind of refer to as the fire starters, the bonfire yeah. starters that they got it going tonight. But, uh, Layton, uh, asks isn't it illegal to bring air horns into cfl games uh, i know it's illegal to bring oh. into nhl games Interesting question. Um, i don't think you can have the gas powered ones like the one i was talking about like you know it's like a safety device you have yeah. for your boat or something like that where it's gas powered aerosolic you can just let it rip um clearly they're not illegal in montreal they're they're allowed there the the little pump ones they have but yeah i agree like it, I had to watch the game with the sound pretty quiet, you know, um, which, which is okay. I mean, uh, I enjoy taking in the games a lot of different ways. When you watch four CFL games a week, yeah, every buddy. week, all yeah. winter, uh, or sorry, all, all uh, summer and, and fall, um, you know, I, I like taking in the games a little bit different, but uh, I'm probably going to watch it on mute this game when I watch it a second time uh, over the weekends back. Um, it's just one of those things. But you said that, you said you were having sleeping issues the other day. Why don't you just get a Vuvuzela sort of... Uh, <laughs> I got to find some DVDs of the yeah. 2010 World Cup. Welcome, yeah. Edward Matz. Oh, I'm going to say your name, Matt. Lashouche. I'm sorry. It, it went away before I could get it, uh, Edward, but welcome from Newfoundland. You're watching. That's awesome. All right. We're getting all these people I've never seen before. Uh, Gregory Liverpool saying it's illegal to use the air horn, and he texted Carol Barrett during the game. So he, he's he got know. it. He's he's got it on uh he's got it uh, under control uh, as he always does uh, Gregory Liverpool. So where should we go next, Derek? I mean, there's so much to talk about this game. Gr Gregory, by the way, called a Alouettes win tonight, a healthy Alouettes win okay. tonight. Okay. So just thought hey. I pointed out there, Gregory. Okay. Well, hey, Gregory. Every, Gregory every and I have been having so much fun. We, we you uh, know, we're we're in a couple chat groups together, and we, you know, we DM one another and and uh, you know, chat. And I, I I always give it to you tough, Gregory. But you know, it's he because I love it. you. Oh, I, I love you, man. Like you're you're one of my favorite people in the Winnipeg sports. He's a he's a he's a sports fan icon. He's a Winnipeg sports fan. Yeah. He yeah. and he Gregory was uh, one of my biggest biggest supporters when I started that podcast out of nowhere, not knowing what the hell I was doing. And uh, he, he's been there ever since. I even have a great, uh, one of my last podcast episodes was with Gregory. We did an interview. So check that out if you can wait, way back in the, in the archives of the yeah. Let's Go Bomber podcast. But yeah, this is just lit tonight. Look at these, look at this. Uh, pe people, someone here from Baltimore I just saw. This is great. So where do we want to go? Do we want to go uh, offense, well, defense, special teams, or what do you, what do you want to do, Darren? There's so much let, to talk let's, about. Let's revisit one of the uh, topics that is a uh, frequent one on Bonfire Sports, whether it's uh, Bonfire Midweek, the pregame uh, game day Winnipeg, or, or here on After Dark, Zach. And that is, um, it, it's been a forever conversation in Winnipeg since... Andrew Harris signed with the Toronto Argonauts. Yep. And that is what's Winnipeg's run game going to look like. And then yep. the season started and Brady Oliveira did not come 
blasting out of the gate like he did in 2021. He had a hundred yard rushing game in his in week one with an injured Andrew Harrison training camp. Uh, he's now put together two very good yeah. games, 110 yards last week in Calgary uh, on the ground, 92 uh, on the ground and, and averaging over five yards per carry uh, in each of those games. I think he had over seven yards of carry uh, in Calgary. Um, he's running the ball with a lot more confidence. And I know that's just an easy thing to just kind of, you know, put a sticker on it and be like, yeah, well, you, look how good he is. He's, he's running with confidence, but I'm seeing Brady look less tentative. I'm seeing yep. him look less uh, hesitant. Um, Chris Walby, who knows better than most. Yeah. Uh, talked about it on our pregame show here on the channel. And he said it bluntly, you know, uh, he said, uh, uh, eyes for bees. He said, guys would like, you know, their eyes are looking around. It's like, okay, where, where are these guys and who's coming to tackle me? And where can I go? It's find your hole. Don't hesitate. Just go. And that's what we saw from Brady Oliveira in Calgary. And what we saw from him in Montreal, uh, tonight, um, just less hesitancy, less tentativeness um and i think with that comes confidence right i'm, I'm yep. presuming that but yep. uh winnipeg's offense is so much more dynamic and dangerous last week it was nick dembski uh with two touchdowns in the first half today he had one catch on four targets no yards um but they didn't need nick dembski tonight because drew Wolitarski stepped up and Rashid yep. Bailey stepped up and yep. Brady Oliveira had another very strong game on the ground. Um, this is Winnipeg's greatest strength. Yeah. You go well, after good. their left limb, they'll hit you with the right. You go after their leg, they'll hit you with the other knee. Um, <laughs> you can't yeah. stop them. You have to work to limit them uh, and, and try to find, you know, a bounce going your way. Uh, it's really, really something to watch. People were criticizing Buck Pierce's um, play calling, especially in the first half tonight, or particularly in the first half tonight, I noticed people tweeting at me saying, where are the screens? Where are the, you know, the hitches? Where are this? Look, you going to start second guessing these Blue Bombers coaches? You can't anymore. Uh, you can't. You got to give them the benefit of the doubt, at least for a stretch of time here. Like you talk about a leash for a coach or for a quarterback or for a goalie. You got to give this Blue Bombers team a leash right now. They could lose two games in a row and I'm still not going to criticize what they're doing because they know they know what they're doing. And, and I think faith has to be based in proof. Yep. That's how I feel about pro sports. You know, I don't have a lot of faith in the Winnipeg Jets to be a playoff or a Stanley Cup contender. Ugh, don't get me season. started on the Jets. But, but that's based on evidence and proof evidence, and what we yeah. see, right? Well, and we, we asked what this we've last seen from time. The, what we've seen from the Blue Bombers is a 9-0 and start to the season yep. following back-to-back Grey Cup championships despite injuries and travel and schedule and the rest. So, um, you know. And what do people say? The run game travels well, right? And yeah, we, this is a that topic is that, that we discussed on midweek was the biggest question was, could Oliveira keep it up? Could this run game keep it going? And they did. And I loved, like, if you people don't listen to you people, sorry. If folks don't listen to you the, people. or why, if you people don't watch the pregame with Walby, you've got, like, this one especially I loved because you you really got into his mind, his, uh, his self-professed teacher mind, and he, he likes to get out his thesaurus, but he really <laughs> did a great job. You guys together did a great job of breaking down the run game. 
and sort of the nuts and bolts and, and why Brady did well. And you saw it again today, you know, while we talked about some different schemes and having a little bit more space before first contact running off tackle, uh, you saw that today. And then you saw other rushers, like just the way that Buck Pierce used the run game and different schemes to open up the run, I thought was just really quite phenomenal. You had, you had Grant with 43 yards, that, that, that large of 23, Darren, you had Rashid Bailey with one for 13. And then of course you have Prue cup, but if you, I saw I, what I saw, and I think you guys talked about this on the, on the pregame as well is when you have Grant and Bailey running across each other, not mm-hmm. only is it using for the defense because they don't know where it's going, right. but then your your eyes get confused. It's like an optical illusion. You don't know where it's going. It's an op- it, it, it makes you delay or it makes you think too much for a second, right? In football, it's it's milliseconds, right? Like if you lose your focus for a millisecond, you, you get confused by a read for a millisecond, that's the difference between taking one to the house and getting stopped in the backfield. And I think Buck did that so well. And yeah. you saw how all of those guys benefited in the run game. I was really impressed. But I, I do just want to say we've got a guy from Singapore apparently tonight. The uh, John Chan, I think his name. So welcome from Singapore. But Big Beaver I, Saskatchewan in the oh, live chat tonight. Oh. Oh. You ever been to you ever been to Big Beaver? Is that an actual place? I guess so. I have to I have to Google that. We may have to put a cap on that discussion right now. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know well, there's like, you know, like, there's, it's like there's no it's like there's no Salisbury house uh in Saskatchewan because you wouldn't want to get a cheese nip in Saskatchewan. You wouldn't want to get a nip there. If, no. if you know, you know. Um, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. Someone's uh, from Vancouver Island as well, I, I'm seeing here, but but just the Darren, the run game, awesome. and, and I said it on midweek, and I'm quoting myself. <laughs> how, how arrogant is that? I'm quoting myself. But I said, if you can't stop the Bombers' run game, and you've got Dembski, and you've got Bailey, and you've got Walatarski, and you've got Schoen, and then you're going to get Ellingson back, and you have the best player in the CFL, and, and arguably maybe one of the top two O-lines in the CFL. I know you talk about Calgary. Good freaking luck stopping this team with this defense, which is which is sometimes playing on crutches <laughs> on short week. Like good yeah. luck. And then you've got the special teams. We haven't even talked about Legio. Five for five on point afters. Great punts, like 50, 53 yard punts. Like Montreal taking that one out of the end zone was so Oh, that was Newman and he played like a new man. He was a raw rookie. That was a just a newbie. Doofus yeah. play from him, but uh, and, good and friggin' it, luck, man, beating this Bombers team even when they play their D game, which they played in the first half. Yeah. Darren, like Legio, I have just been over the moon with Legio, man. Like he was unbelievable. I know I'm jumping here, but let, oh, yeah. you 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 weigh in on the run game, Darren. I I, I kind of took over there as I'm apt to do when I talk about <laughs> the bombers and get fired up. That's what we're here for, man. That's what we're here for, buddy. Uh, no, I th- I think that's an important thing to talk about, Mark Leggio, because the yeah. same the same way many were uh, you know discussing and critiquing Brady Oliveira versus Johnny Augustine and the and the bombers' lack of a. a a potent run game early in the season. 
they were, you know, people were having those critical conversations about Mark Leggio and, and not just converts and field goals, but also the punting game. And uh, everybody was like, you know, where's, where's Liram Hyralahu? Where's, uh, you know, do, you know, how long did Castillo sign for? And can we trade yeah. for uh, this guy Marner, or that guy? I long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It you know, on. Mark, do you, people need to understand if, if you're going to pay Greg Ellingson, you're going to pay Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat and Adam Big Hill, who got a raise. Big Hill got a very, very well-deserved raise after taking a slashed um, salary in 2021. Uh, and then still going on to win an MODP in his 30s, which is ridiculously it impressive. It is ridiculous. Um, and if you're going to pay Zach Kolaris to be the highest paid player in the CFL and not be able to afford a Kenny Lawler, and you have to find value where you can. And, yeah. you know, kicker, for a long time, the Blue Bombers paid the highest paid kicker in the league and. uh Justin Medlock, and he was worth it. You know, it was reported in the $140,000 range. Um, you don't see that very often. If you're getting Mark Leggio on a mid-round Canadian draft pick entry-level salary, it's pretty much, it's league minimum, Yeah. right? That is going to be money saved where you can pay it elsewhere. The Bombers needed uh, Justin Medlock during his time here because so he, well stabilized, he stabilized the team he was lights out kicking, lights out punting, uh, and and just you knew what you were going to get with him no matter what. It stabilized everything. Uh, I know it just sounds like, oh, it's the kicker. How stabilizing could that be? <clears throat> I heard, like, I remember Kyle Walters telling me years and years ago, he said, there's two ways you, there's two important things that we're focusing on in rebuilding this team. Canadian talent, in particular on the offensive line, and on special teams. And he said, part of that is kicker. And a year later, he signed Justin Medlock. And I go, there it is. You know, I, I, it's what he told me. And, yeah. you know, then we saw it. And we saw how Winnipeg was able to use Justin Medlock as a real weapon. Because he could hit from 48 every time. And it fit well, if I may say, with that yeah. game manager sort of dink and dunk Matt Nichols Pop gun offense that some people said, you pop know, gun pop offense gun with offense. a with a with a you know a rhinoceros and Andrew right. Harris, you know, like like it fit and, yeah. it fit that Lapo offensive scheme where he got the yeah. most out of Nichols and you had Harris who was arguably the MOP every every year, but this team doesn't work like that. We don't mm -hmm. need Mark Leggio to hit bangers from beyond 40 three four five times a game when when you're just shuffling the offense over midfield like we don't need that from mark legio what we need is he needs to hit his point afters at a 95 percent clip he needs to punt well he needs mm -hmm. to kick it off so that our coverage teams are are playing well he had a coffin yeah he had a coffin corner punt i mean He's doing his job, and he's he has in the a second year in in pro football, and he's second in the league in I think uh, field goal percentage. If I'm not wrong about that, I think it's in I'd the look that up. high yeah. 80s, uh, early 90s, just under Renee Paradis, who's who's Mister Automatic. But he's been doing it forever too. But the special teams tonight, you know, they had that one gaff on Philpot, but I thought they contained they contained the return very well. You could see that Montreal missed Chandler Worthy. But you know I, what? I thought what go ahead. I, I wrote down um Tyson Philpot 
like at, for, for a yeah. rookie straight out of youth yeah. sports, he's a good player, man. He's got a lot of breakaway speed, a lot of elusiveness. Um, and he had a nice return, uh, as well. I think, um, uh, late in, in the, in the fourth quarter or early in the fourth quarter, late in the game. Um, but yeah, yeah losing, losing Chandler worthy, uh, yeah. I, I mentioned that as kind of like an X factor in this game, because yeah. if it was going to be close, that's one way Montreal probably, you know, could have snuck a win past the Winnipeg blue bombers is, you know, with an explosion, uh, return for good field position and then maybe a seven on a, a return touchdown uh at some point in the game so um i mean i interrupted you and, and your thought on it but uh <laughs> no i don't think so i don't know who interrupt. who cares well no i just I, I mean like you can break all of those things down what we're continuing to see with the winnipeg blue bombers is that you move all the chess pieces around, you move all the dominoes around and they still find ways to line them up in their favor. Yeah. Um, and that can even be in the opponent. So, you know, Avery Ellis was out tonight, Yeah. but Montreal was still incredible um, rushing the quarterback and putting pressure on, on Zach Kolaris. Uh, who was it tonight that, that really impressed me? He had one sack. He had a strip sack of, of Zach Kolaris and it got negated by a penalty. Um, their dime backer. Um, oh, Najee Murray. No Pickett. Oh, Pickett. Darius Pickett. Yeah. Yeah. He he had a really, really good game. Yeah, he did. Um, he did. He, he was in Zach Kolaris' face a couple times. Yeah. Najee Murray with that uh, Steubenville, Ohio. Yeah. Steubenville, Ohio. <laughs> that was uh, funny. Play. Yeah. That, that's, that's a really cool thing. And, uh, you know, fun with, um, you know, some of those comments of saying, uh, you know, I, I wish Najee Murray was, you know, back uh, being the water boy when I was you know, when, when yeah. Kolaris was, uh, was the quarterback instead of being up in his face and, uh, taking him down for sacks. But, um, overall, Zach, I, I think the moral of the story, if you can, as the blue bombers now nine and oh, nine games in the books, nine games remain in the regular season. They'll play Montreal on Thursday and, and then have their first bye week of the season, believe it or not. But the moral, as we're at the halfway point, for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers following back-to-back Great Cup championships is this is the most entertaining football Winnipeg fans have seen, I would say, for many in their entire lifetime. And yeah. for a select few, thinking back to those Kenny Plain dynasty eras of 58 mm-hmm. through 62 and those four Great Cups in six years, um, it's uh, or four great cups in, in five years. And I think they went to yep. six over 10 years uh, in that span. That was a special time. The 1980s was a special time. Uh, right now, this is a special, special, unique time for not just football fans, but for sports fans in this part of the country. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what more can be said about how good this team is, how competitive they are, how rock solid the foundation is that, you know, you could, I'd be confident right now that Winnipeg could beat most teams in the CFL with, with Drew Brown and Dakota Prukop at quarterback. <laughs> yeah, who knows, I'm, right? I'm not even joking. I, I hear you. I, you could I beat hear most you. teams with those guys. 
I, I, no, it is. It's absolutely special. I see some people hearkening back to 2001. But when I, rem- oh, I yeah. remember oh, yeah. uh, last year comparing 2001 to 2021, not this team, but last year's team, Grey Cup winning team, and even the 2021 team, the defense was was so much better than that 2001 team. It really sets it apart. And then you're seeing it because you saw that that 2001 team was kind of like burst onto the scene, but then it mm-hmm. fall back, fell back down to earth. This team is going for a freaking three-peat and they might get it. And unless there's some injuries, you never know, Darren, right? But my goodness, like we are watching something very special. I think it even trumps the 80s. Uh, you know, you had, I think you have Jefferson and Jeff Coden. Let, let's talk about Winston Rose, though. And I, uh, bef- but, but before we do, we have to talk about this poutine thing in the helmet. <laughs> well, some, some are asking, is over $40 for poutine? It was $90. There was three poutines. Poutine there was three right. poutines in there. Big poutine. It's a big I poutine. thought it was cool. Like, I'd, I'd, and I'd they look like caramel three- corn. Caramel yeah. corn in the front and the mask area. I'd, I'd go in with three buddies, you know, like me, Comet, Waiters. Like, uh, let's get a helmet. The thing is, well, I want to keep the helmet, right? Like, you guys I, I eat everything. Like I want the helmet. The grand slam for CFL fans in this home and home series would be doing the helmet <laughs> poutine tonight in Montreal, and then coming home to Winnipeg and and doing the Wallaby burger. Oh, uh, I would love to take in a Wallaby burger, and we have a special guest coming on August 11th, Mr. Chuck Curdy. Some of you may have heard of him. He's a he's a football fan from. He's a journalist actually from. Pittsburgh and he is driving. I'm putting him up and he's sitting with me in 128. I think he and I have to pregame and get a Walby burger now that the kids are sleep trained. But uh, the 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 comments of the night for me actually hearkening back to Gregory Liverpool, he called the poutine filled helmet in Montreal the debatable edible. <laughs> And I thought, man, that is that's sharp, Gregory. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. The other thing I love is this absolutely on fire, burning, churning bonfire of a chat. Like <laughs> this is yeah. This like we were over great. over two hundred watching live um, a little bit earlier tonight, and and well, pretty much still at two hundred uh, right now. If you're watching live on Twitter, you can head over to to youtube.com slash bonfire sports uh, and join the live chat. And then we can pull up your comments, uh, you know, uh, just like these, like uh, Layton, who's had a couple good comments tonight. $90 for three poutines and popcorn. Yeah, and a helmet, like a, a, helmet. a, a novelty helmet. Um, but you, three poutines, so like at, at a stadium, that's like what, 12 bucks a pop? Yeah. So let's say we'll say $30. We'll say $30 for three poutines because you're you're packaging them together. Then a little bit of caramel corn, maybe that's five bucks. So you're looking at like $50 for a poutine or like a, a snack helmet bowl. It it hey, it, it got a little traction. People are talking about it. You know, but, like re- re- yeah, remember when uh gritty came out with the Philadelphia yes. Flyers. Everyone's like, yeah. this is the worst mascot I've ever seen. And then it was on ESPN and it's on Fox and it's on TSN and it's on bar down and it's on Winnipeg sports talk and it's on TSN and, and, and sports net. And it was everywhere. Yeah. Guess what? It's the mascot. Who cares? It worked. People were talking <laughs> about the Philadelphia Flyers to this yeah. day. People see gritty and they know exactly who it is. 
if you put Mickey Moose on the street in St. Louis or in even Montreal, nobody would know who that is. No offense, but it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes marketing isn't about making sense. It's about marketing. It's about getting attention. And, and when it doesn't make sense, it might still make some dollars, right? Right. Yeah. And, and I think we could we could capitalize on things that are special to Winnipeg. Like let's let's talk about our great Ukrainian community. Mm. I, I saw this uh fill a Matt. bomber's helmet with pierogies yeah. and halapchi. Pierogi, halapchi, maybe uh maybe a Ukrainian poutine, a, a Ukrainian take on poutine. I think that would be mm. awesome. Ooh, so like some some like kubasa in yeah. with the poutine. And donate like some of the proceeds sausage, uh, to, 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 to you know this garbage in, in Ukraine. Oh, you know, see, like, now you got me. Now you got me salivating. I I'm think uh, I think the bombers <laughs> need to hire us for marketing purposes. But uh, well, we'll, we'll a thousand messages. TV. What? By the way, Donnie C is killing it on the chat, and he kills it on his weekly. Uh, it's actually not weekly. How many articles do you write a week for uh, CFL News Hub uh, sign guy? I think it's three. Mm-hmm. I may be wrong about that. He always gives us a shout out and I want to give him a shout out. It's yeah, great writing. Appreciate that a lot, Don. And and he always includes the fans, which is so important to me. You know, he's got his he he picks a a fan a week to do the to do the to three keys to the game and he he has lots of puns in there. I didn't even know he was a writer. It, it's just great and he is a writer and and it's good stuff. And this one today he's talked about uh, Alouette. What is an Alouette? And then he got into some singing and uh it makes me want to sing, you know, Whoa, we're halfway there. Yeah, we're 9-0, and baby. We're halfway there. <laughs> we're, and I, we're probably halfway through tonight because we have an hour and we got to do two hours, right? Right there. And we got to do two hours. for. You're now. fired up. You wanted, You just want to keep it going. So th- there, for the viewers out there, there is your poutine helmet with a popcorn or caramel corn uh, face mask. Uh, it is like a full-size helmet. So... I don't, I don't know if this does it justice, but uh, that's what was for sale at Percival Molson Stadium tonight for $90. Oof. Oof. Jump up in the live chat. Would you pay $90 for a Blue Bombers helmet with uh, pierogies in it? That's yeah. what I want to know. Hit us up. Or, um, hey, hit the Bonfire Hotline. Got a call on the Bonfire Hotline a little bit earlier. Wasn't able to answer because I'm I'm here on YouTube talking to you and, and everybody else, Zach. Uh, but 816 8477 tips with that familiar Manitoba 204 area code. Um, and do want to remind people too, because I think this is a good time to do it. Um, we are an affiliate partner of sports interaction. This is a Canadian sports book. This is, uh, they sponsor the Winnipeg blue bombers. They sponsor a handful of CFL teams. This is a, um, you know, a a place where your money is not going to uh, an American huge corporation. Uh, it, it's staying here in Canada uh, and an indigenous casino uh, based in Quebec. Oh, so, no way. Yeah. SIA. Oh, that's super awesome. doc, yeah, absolutely. It is SIA.com slash bonfire. SIA.com slash bonfire. And if you go there, you sign up, you get a nice bonus, uh, and then you can drop a couple bucks on the CFL. There's odds there right now, Zach. You can, uh, I think it's 64 to 1 odds. So if you bet $10, you're going to win $640 for the Blue Bombers to finish the regular season undefeated. Uh, There's uh, prop bets for the Blue Bombers to win the Grey Cup. 
uh, or you can obviously do your traditional betting, point spread, yeah. money line, uh, over, under. Uh, you can combine games and do a parlay like the old sports select tickets uh, you used to be able to do. Uh, but you want to head to this link, sia.com slash bonfire. That helps support us here on the channel, uh, and you'll get that uh, 100% bonus. And Darren, uh, you can also well. you can also bet on uh, first half score, second half score. Like there's right. all sorts Lots of, of stuff. fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fun ways to bet. So I, I, I really enjoy it. I, I, I'm glad to support us and I want to keep providing this for free and we will. And uh, I'm, I'm making some coin on it because you are, I'm not going to bet against the bombers because then I'm going to have to grow a beard. But, but I think I have to grow a beard, mm. David Asplund. I, I, I have to grow a beard and, and truth be told, I got a double chin. That's why I have a beard. Really, it's, yeah, it's me, not. It's me, not me for too. anything else. It's, me too. It, it's really just. It's really just the double chin. So, yeah. So, I, I go ahead. You want to well, head? Uh, I was just going to mention on sia.com/slash/bonfire right now. Calgary four and a half. This number has dropped, uh, probably because Dave Dickinson uh, has not traveled to yeah. Ottawa yet. He may. <laughs> Uh, but he's kind of been uh, isolated due to COVID for, for three days. Uh, Kadeem Carey out of the lineup, uh, all-star center Sean McEwen, uh, as well as uh, Luther Kunavanu uh, on the six-game injured list as well. Um, but where I see value is right here. The Hamilton Tiger Cats are two-point underdogs in Toronto. Mm, okay, That's surprising. Calgary's going to be pissed off. I think they can cover four and a half against Ottawa, and I know Ottawa just got their first win of the season, but this is where I see value. Hamilton underdogs. So if Hamilton wins in any way, shape or form, or even loses by one, you're good. Yeah. You're just fine. Um, And then this number here, Edmonton was 12 point underdogs for Saturday's game in BC. It's down to 10 and a half now, but I jumped all over that 12 points. When's the last, like, okay, look, I mentioned this, I think, on midweek with you, Zach. I understand BC put the boots to Edmonton in week one, then they put the boots to Toronto uh, in their th- in week three, their second game of the season. However, Edmonton is much better today than they were a month ago or two months ago, um, and I just don't think 12 points where it was, now at 10 and a half, I, I just don't think that's uh, a number people want to play with too much. That's a... Uh... <laughs> There's yeah. value there. There's value I think there. you're right. And I think as as you talked about from the very very beginning of this show, Darren, and I think it's I think it's really important to note and, and and it's rung true when you see the playbooks open up that that people don't show everything in their first game. The playbooks open up over the course of a season. What you see in June is so different, even at the end of August, beginning of September. And and teams have film on you now, right? Like they know what Kid Canada can do and what he can't do. And although I'm not sure what he can't do, but uh, yeah, no kidding. I I think I think that's a point well taken. the The one thing I wanted to say, just to give Montreal a little bit more credit, because they really did hang tough. They they were going. They were they had a couple drops tonight that would have extended drives. One was in the red zone where Keon Julian Grant dropped one. He had Winston Rose beat and Herge Mayala dropped another one. And just though you don't often see that from Winnipeg, you had Dembski with just the one drop overt drop, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think, I think I like Montreal and, and I, and I want to reverse course on, on Gary Stern, their owner. I actually, I actually think it's great what he's doing. I know Agreed. maybe, maybe I think you were right. I know we kind of arm wrestled on this one, Darren, 
that, you know, I thought it would be good Bolton board material for the Bombers locker room. And maybe it was a little bit, but just based on what I've seen from this guy on Twitter, and he even he even tweeted with us. I think it was Donnie. He was tweeting me a little bit, told me the Alouettes were going to win. I think it's kind of like Victor Kui. I think this is a guy who's just trying to get eyes on the CFL, 100%. right? And I think he's doing a great job. I, who cares if he does? He guarantees a win, whatever. He's the it's, owner. He's the owner. It. <laughs> I, I, I've walked in that back, and and I'm a fan of Gary Stern. I think it's fun what he's doing. He does have to do a little bit of spell checking. Maybe talk to Donnie C, the 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 writer here, or you, Darren. Uh, but you know what? I think it's anybody who's bringing attention to the CFL in, in a fun way, in a positive way. Good on you, man. Good, good on him for sure. New owner in uh, Montreal, new owner in BC as well, both doing great things to revive those fan bases, all the power to them. I hope it works because this league deserves nine strong franchises. Um, that said, uh, David Stern, Keep saying David Stern. I no, know. Not former commissioner of the David NBA. Stern. <laughs> Gary Stern, owner of the Montreal Alouettes, uh, joined our good friends on Winnipeg Sports Talk That's today. That's right. I want to check Hustlers away, out. but he did a, a pre-tape with, uh, with the Alouettes owner, David Stern. So go over to uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk and their channel here on YouTube. If you haven't yet, I'm sure you have because you don't want to miss them. Uh, subscribe up. Uh, they are big supporters of us here on Bonfire yeah. Sports, we want to return the favor to them. Uh, great stuff, uh, Hustler and Michael Remus uh, always produce. I'm going to be on with Michael Remus tomorrow, just Ooh. after one o'clock, like one ten, right. something like that. So uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit more football. Remo, so you want to go two hours tonight, Zach? But uh, we'll I, I would like to get some sleep. I don't well, know let's you. let's. Let, uh, yeah, I should probably. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. My eyes. But you've been going hard, buddy, because you've been doing some of the hockey stuff. You had the pregame. We had Tuesday was the midweek. So we'll I'm do some. To, we'll I'm trying to track down Brad Lambert right now, the, the Winnipeg Jets' uh, second <laughs> first-round pick. Uh, right. Wrote about Rutger McGroarty on NHL.com this yes, past you week. Did. Trying to track down Brad Lambert has been tricky because he's playing um, for Finland right now and that they're playing games and uh, preparing for the upcoming August World Junior Championships. Um, in addition to the one that's, you know, going to start up again, Boxing Day traditionally, as they always do. But um, right. uh, either way, um, yeah, I mean, busy times, wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, and yeah, love being love here, it, love being here with you, Zach, and and uh, all oh. the bonfire starters in the live chat, uh, especially with this football team, like entertaining, dominant, impressive, um, and and just a heck of a lot of fun, you know. And and apparently, just uh, Bailey Weeb seventeen is saying Rutger has nice eyes, so. Oh, he does. It's kind of what they used to say about Ryan Dinwiddie, those blue mm. eyes. Now, now those eyes oh, are kind of getting crossed lately. See, but, my, uh, my friend Judy Owen, who has yeah. uh, covered sports here in Winnipeg for over 30 years, uh, she writes for Canadian Press right now. Um, right. She always called him wolf eyes. Like he had those oh, piercing wolf eyes. Hungry like the wolf. <laughs> You're oh, in a singing mood singing. I, okay. I am actually a decent singer. I, I, have, I am multi-talented. Is that right? I am multi. I, it's hard when you're multi-talented because it's like, if, where do I put my, where do I put my energy? Is it going to be singing, writing, podcasting, and sports podcaster? Uh, oh, we've got some porn bots on here. We have hit the summit, Darren. We've hit the summit oh, of, of, of. We always know we're uh, 
we're we're lucky. Well, while you're doing that, let, let, let's. In. I think we have to give some airtime to to Winston Rose. Okay. Because he was getting a lot of criticism, and then was it the Hamilton game where he came to play, and he's like, we were just like, oh yeah, there's Winston Rose. And he came to play again. I, I wrote down the amount of times he was he was on Eugene Lewis. Between him and Demario Houston, they had to cover, I would say, and you would agree with this, Darren, that Eugene Lewis is is the best receiver in the CFL. There's times where he's almost uncoverable. Yep. And they held him in check. You had that you had that garbage time. But 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 up until then, he maybe had seventy four yards. It's like playing Connor McDavid. You're not going to stop him. You just have to contain him. him. You got to limit him. And I thought Rose was absolutely fantastic. He got a key interception. He he was running routes with Eugene Lewis early in the game, and I I really really was impressed what we saw from Winston Rose tonight. Yeah. No, no question. I mean, Gino Lewis, I, I expected him to uh, go up a lot against um, Dietrich Nichols and uh, Demario Houston. Houston, very close to pulling in another interception yes. uh, in that fourth quarter. He, he was kind of mad at himself. But Dietrich Nichols, like once in a while, he'll get thrown at, but it sure isn't often. It, it's so intermittent game to game. Um, he's really up there with Cariel Brooks. Um and, uh, you know, Delvin bro, uh, TJ Lee, you yeah. know, th those yeah. are the elite cover guys in the CFL today. Um, you know, I would even put Demario Houston in there right now. Uh, he, yeah. he's been that good, but what I noticed tonight, Zach was whether it was, you know, Gino Lewis or, or Reggie white jr. Or, uh, Kayon Julian Grant or, or Herji Mayala or Jake Wenicky, uh, they stayed on the same sides of the field. I don't know if it's because the hash marks have moved and there's no more super wide side like there used to be. Um, but at least what I saw on the television broadcast, it's hard when you don't have the all 24, they call it. Um, but the all 24 shows all 24 players on the field at the same time. Uh, but from what right. I saw on the TV broadcast was Winnipeg not switching right? They weren't following. They were saying, Hey, mm. you're going to bring Gino over to the right and then bring him over to the left on the next play. We're not going to move. We're, we're just going to kind of hang tight with where we are. Um, again, I'm, I'm not totally sure about that, but at least that's what I, I kind of tried to glean from, uh, from the box. So you're saying, you're saying they're trusting their receivers that any of them can take on Eugene Lewis. Like they're not going to trusting switch. their DBs. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Their DBs. Uh, yeah. Dietrich Island waiters. Yeah. You you call him the human tarp. I mean, yep. you've been money on that from the very the beginning. Human tarpaulin. <laughs> tarpaulin, yes. We tarpaulin. don't want to forget that tarp is short for tarpaulin. Yes. That's right. That's yes, important. A, uh, but, but yeah, Win Winston Rose and that dark side defense just came to play in that fourth quarter. And I and I knew they would, man. It's not it's not like in days of uh, of yore where the bombers were tied going into the fourth quarter and you're like, oh boy. How are we going to fumble this away? It's like, how are we going to win this one today? Is it going to be a pick? Is it going to be a return? Is it going to be Zach Kalara's balling out? And, and it was all of those things, man. Like, what a fourth quarter. But shout out to Winston Rose and Demario Houston and those DBs. I thought Donald Rutledge played great. I, yeah. I thought I he's thought he's a real loved, physical presence. Yeah, he's physical. And I and I loved what they did with maybe talk about this with with the depth chart. 
people noticed that they brought in Ricky Walker. So you throw in another defensive tackle. You had Jeff Coden, so they were able to get uh, LB Mack took a seat. Who's the other guy who took a Andrew seat? Wilcots, both on the practice well, roster. Yeah. Wilcots, guys who played well, but but I think that I think that they knew that maybe Montreal was vulnerable up the middle. And they did a heck of a job stopping the run game. Like you saw, you've seen Jeshur and Antwi, who's come from nowhere, rip off huge, like seventy-yard runs. They mm-hmm. held them to, I think, a, a reasonable five-yard average, and that that limits an offense. I think. I thought Walker had a great game, and that sales that interior D line, and of course Jefferson and Jeffcoat. So not too often, I'll I'll criticize players outright. Right. I'll, I'll tell you what they do well, and I'll tell you if they had a bad game. Uh, what I saw from uh, Cedric Wilcots and, and even LB Mack to a degree was uh, in Calgary, they got kind of their feet stuck in the ground. You know, they, they looked a little bit. I'm not saying they were lost. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there were times where they looked a little bit stiff when the play shifted. You know, Winnipeg plays that swarm to the football defense. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are on the field, uh, you go after the football. You go after the ball carrier every play, 100 miles an hour, as fast as you can. Uh, Loose change, I learned recently, is what the Blue Bombers defense calls it, whether it's a drop pass or um, a fumble or even an incomplete pass. They still call it loose change. You go pick up the loose change. Yes, they do that. that. They do. You're right, Darren. That's great. That's they, great. They, they do never every let up. incomplete Even if pass. You'll see your DB run after it and pick it up, right? Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. But yeah, loose change is what they call it. It is kind of interesting. But however, <laughs> um, those guys were a little bit maybe stuck in the ground. So you bring in Ricky Walker, who is has been tirelessly working. He's either been uh, that game day scratch. So getting a game check, but you know, similar to what Jeff Gray was doing last year where he was on the roster but just didn't dress. He would be that game day scratch, that healthy scratch. Or he's been on the practice roster, Ricky Walker has. Second year here in Winnipeg, uh, trying to earn his spot. He's working. They're rewarding him. And yeah. absolutely, it, you know, Zach, to, to your point, it very well could have been something to do with what they saw from Montreal and Jeshwin Antwi and, and the rest. Uh, I think it had more to do with... We've got Jackson Jeffcoat back. We know what we have in him. He's healthy now, 100%, whatever. Nobody's ever 100% in pro football, but uh, they know what they've got in him. They know what they've got in in Teadric Hansen and in Willie Jefferson. It's not two rookies or two first-year guys like they had in in LB Mack and Wilcots. No, No knock on them in that regard. But you've got more of your veteran guys, guys that you know what you're going to get from. Yeah. Um, in Jeff Code and Jefferson in particular, Hanson too. So let's bring in a defensive tackle, a guy who's been working his tail off. So good on Ricky Walker because uh, not only was it his first sack, um, if I'm not mistaken, but it was a pounding hit from behind, clean, but uh, blindside. And uh, that was a real thumper. Oh, it was. He's a big kid. Eh? Yeah. The other thing I saw was, was again, even when Oliveira was only getting maybe a couple of yards on first down, mm-hmm. that the Bombers' ability to throw completions, uh, second down completions to move the chains again. They were at 53% tonight, 10 of 19. Montreal was only 43%. 
but that's where you see Zach Kolaris just sling it and he's he's got no fear and and you kind of have to play like that when when there's tight coverage and they know you're going to throw the ball and you know more than half the time he's completing that boy oh boy that you saw you saw Wolitarski and Schoen and, and and Bailey getting those big second down conversions. I thought again they they brought it there even despite the turnovers. Uh, and, and I saw and I again I, I'm going to talk about the the offensive play calling there. That that I think we need to talk about that Janarian Grant catch mm, that he yes. catches. It was a hitch, and you ha- I haven't seen a lot of hitches. You see other teams use a lot of hitch like Saskatchewan and Calgary. But it was a hit. She threw it behind the line of scrimmage to Janarian Grant. Uh, uh, a, a defender had him dead to rights there, and it should have been a loss. And Janarian just, they used his speed. And, and, and I know Lapo's big on that, right? You want to get your speed skill guys in space and, and just give them the ball. They did that with Lucky Whitehead. Man, they did that. That Janarian Grant, uh, I don't know how big that, I'm trying to look it up right now, uh, Darren, but that was a big catch behind the line of scrimmage. He took it for, I think, over 20 yards or about 20 yards. That was a big one. And he was an X factor tonight. I like what Waiters is saying. 23 yards. 23 yards. So he ran the ball. He had the punt return touchdown. He had, he had a, couple of key catches i think he what does he have three three attempts three rushing attempts for 43 yards you said that 23 yard uh, rush and then he had uh well he just said two i guess they, they, did they call that a rush that when he threw it behind the line of scrimmage does that count as a rush because uh, the stats are saying he only had uh yeah one reception yeah, for six yards yeah. so yeah so i guess if you throw the ball behind a line of scrimmage it's, it's a not rush. a forward pass Okay. Either yeah. way, so if you drop it, like yeah, let's say Janarian Grant it, drops that, that's yeah. a live football. Go get your loose change. Right? <laughs> loose change. That's indeed. why they teach that. That's why they instill that in the blue bombers. It could be an incomplete pass 10 yards downfield. Yeah. Run after, pick up the loose change, pick up the football. That yeah. is the reason. I, I'm I am certain yes. that is the reason uh Demario Houston intercepted. I was just Bowie gonna go there, Mitchell. buddy. Yeah, yeah, like that's why it happened. Yep, that's exactly right. He was the there. Ball. He was right there when that ball came out of Kamar Jordan's hands, right? And uh, it wasn't lucky because you got to be good to be lucky because they and R- Richie mm-hmm. Hall's been talking about that for years, right? That they that they preach that in practice, like you always you always follow to the football, you always go to the football, you always strip and rip, you're always around the football and and you pick it up. Uh, I love that loose change, man. That's a that would be a good name for a podcast, Loose Change. But uh, Loose Change with Richie Hall. Loose, <laughs> loose Change with Richie Hall. <laughs> I have to convince him. I have to convince the, the veteran coach to, to do a little podcast. And Teadric Hansen from Botstaff, he almost picked off uh, Harris. Hey, he, he batted it. Oh, man. Can you imagine if he would have pulled that in? Oh, it would have been a, a house call. But uh, anyway, that was quick thought. Quick thing. thought on Richie Hall, um, Malik yeah. Boynton, who is an American defensive back who came to Blue Bombers training camp, I think in back-to-back years, never stuck with the team. Right. Uh, he's now coaching, but he put out a tweet. He's been very, very active on social media, you know, before his time uh, in Winnipeg and and ever since. Uh, put out a tweet this week because now he's coaching football, and he wanted to thank. The great, like the best coaches he's ever had, and that was here in Winnipeg with the Blue Bombers, and in particular Richie Hall, yep. and the importance of relationships 
it's not just about coaching players, you know, teaching them the X's and O's, the strategy, the, you know, the little tips that can help you be a little bit faster, a little bit stronger, a little bit better angle, better leverage, whatever. It goes to treating them like humans, building a relationship, and then that paying dividends because the players appreciate their coaches and they want to do well for them and for their teammates. Um, well I know that because I've, I've been around it for so long and I've heard it come out in little pieces in, in comments from coaches and from players here in Winnipeg. That's what it is. So I, I know exactly what Malik Boynton's talking about when he's, he says, Richie Hall, Winnipeg Blue Bombers coaches, relationships. That's mm. what it is. Um, but, a, but a very cool thing. And it's obviously a reason why the Blue Bombers are, uh, you know, as good as they are at this juncture in time. Zach, I, I want to get through our picks because people are waiting for them. Uh, I know that. I also have a ton of uh, messages in the chat that uh, I have saved. So like so questions good. and comments I, I want to get to uh, as well. But let's get it started with our Walby's Warrior, my favorite every post game here on Game Day After Dark. Who's your Walby warrior tonight? The guy who got dirty, gritty, hard, um, and helped the Blue Bombers, um, you know, maybe almost in an unheralded way to a win. Is that what Walby's warrior is? See, see, we gotta get we gotta get this straight. So I always thought Walby's warrior was kind of the player of the game, like the the game ball guy. Oh, I see. Uh, do I have that wrong? Because correct me, please. I always gave it like Walby back in our TSN days, Walby's warrior. We always gave it to the guy who like went to war, the guy who battled and yeah, scraped okay. and scratched and put in that extra effort to help his team. Gary Stern uh, is my Walby warrior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's putting in the extra effort. <laughs> I'm the Walby's sure. warrior for sleep training. My son. Yes. Jeff, Jeff, there Jeff, you go. Jeff Cabellas. We're going to share that Walby there burger. Okay. No, I like I like that better. So, then we've got to have a player of the game too, and we've got a we've sure. got to have the bonfire player of the game or the we got a lot. So we'll, Stoker, I don't know, but the so if you put it that so it was going to be Janarian Grant for me for Walby's Warrior because you saw him you you had the punt return you saw him uh, rushing the ball receiving although it's it's kind of technically rushing the ball but I think I have to give it to Winston Rose I think without Chandler Worthy there. Mm the biggest weapon and and kind of a guy like we've talked about that you kind of just have to contain more than stop because you can't stop Eugene Lewis Winston Rose and and a, and a little bit of a maybe a a, a second a second award a silver medal for Demario Houston I think Winston Rose came to play and you know I I just love how he stuck with Eugene Lewis, especially in the first half. He gets the mm -hmm. pick. He was running around on the pick too, trying to trying to find a lane. So I'm going to give my Walby's Warrior to Winston Rose. I'm going to give a honorable mention to Ricky Walker and yeah. Janarian Grant yeah. tonight. Um, I'm going to give my Walby Warrior to Brady Oliveira. Uh, just for what he has gone through over yep. the last number of weeks. Uh, he's spoken about it openly and with class uh, lately in, in, you know, saying how it's been tough to hear the criticisms. He's a Winnipeg kid. He wants to play well for his hometown team, uh, for his friends and family, and, and for everybody uh, that, that loves the local story. Uh, to put 
together a good game in Calgary, that that's a great thing. But it's yep. one game out of 18 in the regular season, and I'm sure for Winnipeg, hoping to play 20 or 21. Um, I'm 127 it to, total yards, right? Uh, I'm giving it to Brady tonight yep. because of that contested catch. Like that is above that and beyond beauty. for a tailback deep downfield, yeah. uh, and also for on a short week going 15 carries for 110 last week, 17 carries for 92 uh, and keeping his average above five yards per carry in short week road games, back to back like it was. Um, that's my Wallabies warrior tonight. Yeah, that's uh, a good one, buddy. He, he yeah. grounded out, right? Cause that's, that's essentially what a power back does. And then getting that Teddy, as you say, the Teddy beautiful off tackle touchdown. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, waiters, wants the bonfire burning point which yep. is kind of like the tsn turning point for those that are uh un um uh uninitiated here on uh game day after dark the bonfire burning point uh waiters believes it was the failed third down conversion for montreal hmm. okay that definitely definitely a big point of the game for sure i would yeah, third and goal in the, the early yeah. in the second quarter yeah. Cause that, that would have been big had they converted that that's sending a message to the bombers, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're coming to play for me again. Like I kind of gave it away. I'll, I'll be quick. It, it, for me, it was after Zach throws the pick again, the third pick tie ball game, right? The, the game was up in the air. It was, it was anybody's game and Zach throwing that 41 yard, Dart to Drew Wolitarski, a guy you don't usually think of as someone who's going to get a big play reception. For me, that was huge, and that set up the winning, the winning touch. What else? When ultimately was the winning touchdown? That was for me. But uh, I think there were could be lots of burning points. What about you, Darren? Uh, my bonfire burning point tonight is uh, when Janarian Grant ripped off that twenty-three yard catch and run. That hitch you were you were just talking about. Yeah. Uh, like two plays later, like that seemed to just spark something. Um, you know, it, it was a, it was a tie football game. It was, you know, 12 minutes, something like that left in, in the game, uh, and tied, uh, you know, Montreal went just prior to that Montreal went 60 yards, a 60 yard drive. And yeah. then Cote missed a 49 yard field goal. Right. Uh, then Janarian Grant ripped off that 23 yard catch and run. And it was just like the way he did it, like running through defenders. I don't mean like running through them, but like multiple defenders and just like knifing his way between them with speed and reckless abandon, like a true kick returner does. Um, to me at that point, it was just like something like, whoa, okay, there, yep. there's a shot. Then a couple plays later, that really sticky catch by Drew Olatarski that was impressive. Uh, yep. A couple very good Brady Oliveira runs. He had one for 11 that got called back by penalty. I mentioned that earlier. Um, but a nine-play, 95-yard drive that that Janarian Grant hitch pass and run uh, began. And, well, that made it 21-14. And, uh, obviously, Winnipeg scored a couple more times there. But, uh, to me, that was the bonfire burning point tonight. Yeah, lots of big moments that Waiter says, right? Like lots of big moments in this game. Digging one off the post on the 49-yard. I thought that was going wide, and I thought, ooh, that could be the burning point because if Janarian can take the a big return back there, that would be great. Okay, so so then let's do uh, Westwood's wide to the right or 
Or you could so, call it Schnitz's snit. What got Schnitz sh- and a snit? But I think we. <laughs> I, I would rather. I would rather keep it to Westy because we love the guy. So, sure. What was your Westwood wide to the right, Darren? Uh, so for the uninitiated, Westwood's wide to the right. We go to like the thing that bothered us, the thing that was wrong, the thing that um, you know just kind of pissed you off in the game, or uh, where a huge blunder happened, a brain dead moment, or just a, a bad play. Uh, my Westwood wide to the right is the incessant horn honking. <laughs> Could have given it to the happy honker, but it wasn't a happy honker. It was an unhappy honker tonight. Uh, the dozens and dozens of fans in Montreal with that incessant honking. I'm making this selection for the people, Zach. This is for all of you bonfire starters out there in the live chat, watching on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, listening to the podcast uh, on uh, Friday morning or whatever you are right now, I'm making this pick for you. That's my Westwood wide to the right. You're a man of the people, Darren. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> a tribune, a true tribune. You know, for me, it was in the first half, especially, you know, the Bombers penalties and Al's penalties. I thought it was Ooh, so yeah. not good to watch a clean game in Calgary, 60 yards of combined penalties for those teams last week. And it was just, it's just when those flags aren't flying everywhere, especially if Bradshaw isn't uh, <laughs> reffing. Uh, Bradbury, Bradbury, Bradbury. Bradbury. Yeah, Bradbury yeah. People in Saskatchewan love to rip that guy. But anyway, oh, he's a I, he's a Winnipegger. is he a Winnipegger? Mm-hmm. Oh, now I get it. But I, I didn't like all the penalties. I thought I thought it was sloppy by the Bombers. I, I mean, I, I totally understand when I'm tired like that. I, I make worse blunders than that, right? But, you know, the, the offsides, uh, the, the, the procedure calls, they just kind of took the life out of the Bombers in the first half. And, and then you had the pyramid scheme <laughs> that, we'll, that we'll call. I mean, that that was just backbreaking for the owls you cannot we've talked about this darren you cannot make those mistakes against the blue bombers we used to say that about calgary right you had to play a perfect game to beat them and i think the same can be true of the bombers you have to you have to play an almost perfect game you cannot do that so that that one in particular which caused the touchdown they got the bombers off the field for god's sakes yeah, I think that's that's my wide to the right. You could also give it to uh, these bots uh, in the live chat. <laughs> Apologies, everybody. Uh, doing the best I can to uh, block these uh, cyber individuals. Um, did want to mention, we, we were just talking about uh, Al Bradbury being a Winnipegger. Right. Uh, comment mentioning John Liu of TSN. Yes. Looking, still looking sharp. Winnipegger. No way. Yes, a lot. He is the most unknown Winnipegger in the country. I had no People idea, buddy. That. Yeah, that's right. I, I love me some John Lou. He always looks sharp, but you have to if you work in Montreal, right? You, you can't do. be. You can't you be wearing. Uh, you can't be Matthew Shinetti, who I think looks sharp, but he looks sharp and he's in Toronto a sharp. He's, he's Toronto he's, sharp. You know, yeah. metro like true metropolitan Gotham. He's a big Batman guy, right? So oh, like yeah. you live yeah, yeah, in yeah, Toronto. Yeah. Lives in Liberty Village or whatever it is. And uh, yeah, he's, he's. Oh, Liberty Village. Oh, yeah. Cool guy. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. John oh, Lou, he's a, 
all those yeah. former teammates of mine in in yeah. Toronto and across the country, all great. amazing people, like great, great people. Um, really glad I, I still get to work uh, alongside them. Uh, I'm, I'm with you guys. Uh, John Liu is awesome. Uh, yeah, shout out is. to uh, Shooter, uh, Matthew Shinetti, one of my favorites. Shooter. Uh, they call him Shooter. I like that. I like yeah. that. Um, okay, so we have done our uh, picks. We, we need a happy honker and we need, well, yeah, what are we going to call our game ball? Like our player of the game? I don't know, man. I think we uh, let, the, let's let the bonfire stoker. Bonfire stoker. Somebody mentioned that. I don't know. What, uh, that reminds me of the uh, the Dracula. Who who wrote that? Bram, Str- Bram, Bram Stoker. Stoker. Mm-hmm. Bram Stoker. Bonfire Bram. Stoker. Uh, Bram. So I who is your happy honker tonight? Who is my happy honker? Jeremy Lockstedt. He's been saying it for two hours here on Game Day After Dark. He wants Jermarcus Hardrick for the touchdown celebrations. Well, tell us about that, Jeremy. I, I didn't see it. What I, I, I heard a lot of chatter about that. What, what was that? The, uh, the Hardrick, well, he was just kind of like doing, you know, flips and somersaults and, uh, you know, posing in the end zone after some touchdowns. <laughs> That's awesome. He was entertaining. He, he's pure energy, that guy. Uh, wouldn't trade him or his energy for the world, I don't think. Um, Okay, you go happy honker first because now because we've changed everything now, I've got to rethink it. So you go ahead. Well, I don't know. I, I was wondering if you were going to give it to Hardrick and I would maybe dig for one here. Um, <laughs> I was got, so I was thinking Ricky Walker, that, that he's a guy that hadn't been on the roster for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's his second year. You know, we, we're still missing uh, Stove. You know, and I and I thought that it was nice to have some uh, that guy in the the, the the interior line. He he had a great sack, and he he they did a good job stuffing the run. So I think he could be a happy honker, sort of the unsung hero. Yeah, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it to Ricky Walker. That's a good choice. That's a that's a really good choice. Uh, I will disagree with you on the Blue Bombers missing. Steven Richardson stove. Um, yeah. I, I know you bring him up all the time. I know you miss having him here in Winnipeg, but Casey sales, yeah. Jake Thomas, man, another, yeah, he had a stack, right? Yeah. Like he does it over and over and over again. Uh, for somebody that's been in the league for a decade as a late round draft pick out of Acadia on the East coast, like he is something else. Jake, the snake, Fat boy Thomas, as he refers to himself on uh, on Twitter, uh, he's he's just awesome, man. So Casey Sales, Ricky Walker, um, Teadric Hansen uh, will play on the interior uh, as well. They're they're very strong there. Um, yeah. So I don't think they're missing Stove. I think they would, you know, like fans, the team, teammates missing him being around, but they're doing just fine um, without him. I'll give my happy honker to Jamarcus Hardrick uh, because, again, another pick for the people. Man of the people. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Waiters so, give his happy honker to Mike Miller. To well, you could always give it to guy. Mike Miller. I mean, that's yeah. that's the problem. It's it's like, uh, who who was it in the NHL who who always could? You know, I'm trying to think. Or it's it's that guy in a league where where they're the best every year, but you can't give them the MVP every year because you know it would be too much. Like like Stanley Bryant, right? 
you know, you, you could give them, you could give them the happy honker every time, but you got to be diverse a little bit. So I don't know, but, but bonfire, bonfire sports player of the game. I don't know what we're going to call it. We'll have to hit up the live chat. Everybody. Hit know. up the live chat. The, uh, the Stoker. Well, who's, your, who's your player of the game tonight? Well, I, I think, I think my player of the game is then Janarian Grant. Mm, good choice. Yeah, I think you know you could always give it to Kalaris, no, no matter what his numbers are, because as Mike O'Shea says, the QB is responsible for winning, and he's freaking twenty six and one, Darren. <laughs> Bonkers. Like, yeah, it's unbelievable. Twenty six and one in football, which is a you know. 24 guys on the field at once anything can happen but uh i just thought janarian grant you know we've seen him even in training camp you'd been tweeting about it that that he was in the, the he was in the ones and and finally i think you saw him pop off the page both on special teams and an offense really opening up for maybe maybe helping open up the run game for a guy like brady Oliveira. I think you could easily give it to Brady Oliveira. I, I love Good, this. Yep. I think it's such a Winnipeg thing when you have a, a Winnipeg running back uh, who's just grinding it out. Uh, love Brady, and I love I love again what you and Walby did in the pregame, just talking about how he is hitting his holes. He's trusting. He's trusting himself, and uh, I love that. But Janarian Grant for me, I I, I like uh, I like what he did, and he had a good return as well. Uh, aside from the uh, punt return touchdown. Strong pick there. Uh, Brady Oliveira, I'm giving an honorable mention to 127 yep. combined yards, 92 on the ground. Uh, he, he was great. Speaking about him uh, a little bit earlier. Um, I'm going to give my player of the game to Drew Olatarski. Nice. He had a team high 90 receiving yards, by far his most productive game of the season. Five catches on seven targets. Uh, he picked up Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I, I get this right. He had uh, see, I zoom into everything so I can put it up on the screen for everybody. Here we go. Um, he had one second down conversion. Uh, he had a 41 yard uh, absolute like fingers in the honey bowl yeah. sticky grab, yeah. and uh, just seemed to be, um, you know he picked up first downs on first down. So yeah. those are going to come up as second down conversions, but yeah. he was moving the chains and uh, that, that's my player of the game tonight. He is just consistent and reliable and games like tonight. Dangerous. Yeah. Drew Wolitarski. It's, it's always, I mean, when Drew Wolitarski, who is your classic Canadian possession receiver on the Z side is your leading receiver. I mean, it's like it's like you've got this giant uh, tool belt, and and you know you're you're <laughs> you're trying you're in a project, right? You're trying to build that treehouse for the kids, and nothing's working. And then you have the X factor, you know, you have that that Allen wrench that that gets around that sticky corner, right? Not that I'm good at any of that stuff, but uh, you know, it's just when Wolitarski is your leading receiver, man, and what a catch that was! Like sticky mitts right there. Maybe from playing the guitar, maybe he knows how to hang on to those strings really nicely. But <laughs> uh, I, I, so he he plucked the guitar for you. He he played a beautiful tune. Um, 
And people are talking about Dembski being invisible. I don't think he was invisible. I just don't think he was targeted. That could be scheme. Have you ever considered that, you know, right? he that was out a scheme. month? He was out a month yeah. and then he absolutely dices the the uh the Stampeders defense in the first half for two touchdowns. They could have very well said, You're not going to Nick Dembski tonight. Beat yeah. us with Drew Wallach. Yeah, we exactly. dare you. And that's what they did. Yeah. You know, like when's the last time you heard Janarian Grant with five offensive touches? Right. right? He had three carries. I know one of those was was a hitch catch, but behind the line of scrimmage. And then, um, you know, had, had another catch downfield for six yards. Um, he, he was used a lot of different ways and, and targeted a lot of different ways. Yep. So if that's football. That is football. You know, Geno Lewis has games where he's not, you know, putting up big numbers. He generally usually does. Uh, for you fantasy players out there, there's a reason why he's $10,000 or whatever it is in the, the CFL uh, fantasy. But um, yeah, I mean, you're going to get teams game planning against certain individuals. For sure. Or you might, you know, like in Buck Pierce's case, you might be like, I don't want to show too much more of Nick Dembski doing these jet sweeps or these off tackle pitches or um, all of these sorts of things. That creativity. It's... Yeah we're going to be okay tonight. We don't have to pull that uh, rabbit out of the hat yet. So, and, and, and just to echo that and what Mike O'Shea always says, and you hear it firsthand, Darren is, you know, people are going to say, you know, uh, what is it going to take to beat the team? He's like, uh, what is it going to take to beat Montreal? He's like, what, whatever, it, whatever it takes every week. He says, whatever we see on film, whatever they scheme that, you know, we're going to take what the defense gives us and we're going to do, what we have to do to win. And, and a lot of times this year, it's been Bailey who people have called invisible. Well, he's been doing the dirty work. He's been in the trenches. Maybe he hasn't been the number one receiver. You saw right. that last year with Darvin Adams. You see Dembski some games, and then the other games he jumps off the pages for two touchdowns and 69 yards. I mean, it, it doesn't matter how they're doing it, they're, but they're going to find a way. They're gonna. The defense is going to give you something, whether it's zone or man, and the good offenses take... They take what the defense gives them, and that's going to be different players every night. Right. And sometimes it's going to be Drew Walatarski, who's your maybe your fourth receiver, your possession receiver. You got to love that about the Bombers. I don't think it's fair to say Dembski was invisible. You, you'd really have to break down the film and say, you know, what were the catchable balls for him? Where Was there a chance where he should have beaten the DB or ran the wrong route. I mean, I guess the only thing you can say is maybe he, he, he needs to catch that ball in the end zone with his hands, but the DB was in good position. Maybe he couldn't get his hand. Maybe he couldn't fight back to the football. I mean, yep. I think it's just football is too complicated to make blanket statements like that. Well, Hey, Zach Kolaris can throw for, you know, 300 yards and four touchdowns and no interceptions. The bombers can win by, uh, uh, you know, 10 points, or he can throw three interceptions and go 58% for 210 yards and they can win by 15. Yeah. It, it you know, that's why that like, that's a big reason why I believe hot or uh, football is the best team sport on earth. And that's a hard thing to say when you grew up in the prairies, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Prairie, Prairie hockey, boy, Canada. Hothead, right. Yeah. And I love hockey, like love it to death and have, have been in love with it since I was a very, very young child. 
you know, uh, obsessed with the stickers and the logos of the teams and, and the cards and then, you know, getting into learning how to skate and playing and my whole life. But when I realized the, the, the complication, uh, the dynamics, uh, just the layers to the game of football, I fell in love with it immediately. Yeah. Like this is a little bit different. It's so, you know, you got 150 pound guys and you got 350 yeah. pound guys and you got people from, uh, you know, coming out of squalor and poverty and you got people, uh, coming out of, um, you know, uh, affluent high schools. you got people yeah. from all walks of life, all corners of the globe. And they're playing this game. Uh, that is, is a very, very difficult game to play. And a lot goes into the the opportunity to win or lose any game. Uh, you, you prep all week, you play that one game. It's truly an event, uh, a little bit different than say baseball or, or hockey or basketball, where you're banging out, you know, three, sometimes four games a week. Um, but I will digress shot. Uh, <laughs> I want to get to some questions people had or comments they had, uh, throughout tonight, uh, that I, um, kind of saved and, and put away, uh, Scott Roger, what's going on, Scott? Looking rifle forward to up. Seeing, I'll uh, say it this time, uh, rifle up. There it is for you. Looking forward to seeing your son, Jake in the receiving <laughs> core with the Winnipeg rifles. Uh, they got a preseason game coming up very, very soon. Uh, another chameleon game says Scott look like them, the opponent. Uh, then beat them uh, and adds patience, 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 wait out the tough times and then take it home. Uh, I think that was really bang on uh, of how the Blue Bombers played tonight. Uh, and really kind of the, the I don't know, like the, it, it's kind of like that trademark stamp they've put on every game this year. They, they kind of, I'm, I'm not going to say they toy with their opponent, but they play at that level, feel them out and then, they take advantage. It's like they, they mm -hmm. pounce when they need to. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it, it's, it's really been something to, to yep. watch this year. Yeah. Um, this comment from Larry Ward, that yeah. Oliver catch was something else. Uh, highlight of the night for me. Absolutely. Either that or the, uh, Gina Lewis catch with that was mm -hmm. challenged by Machocha. But yeah, the, the fact that it's a running back and it's, Glad and they it's got that a call power right. back. Yes. I was surprised. I was like, Oh, thank God they got them off the field. But then when you looked at it again, it, that was a sharp challenge by him. A, a guy that gets uh, much maligned Machocha ever since the 2005 great cup where I, mm -hmm. I think he uh, prematurely celebrated. <laughs> Got the, uh, we have the, um, the telescope, whatever it is. The, the headset was all wired, jumping yeah, around. And yeah, like, yeah. No, no, you haven't won yet. You got to still yeah. have a player. Can you imagine <laughs> if it was like a 13th man situation and they ended up losing? Oh, goodness. If they end up losing that game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our good pal Friesen, uh, says Rose allowed basically nothing tonight. And the one time he was beat was the one time O'Shea should have challenged. Um, I'm trying to think of that one. Exactly sure. Cause people were talking, you know, talking about the, the Dembski interception by decoy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As something they should have challenged, but uh, I'm not exactly either way. Winston Rose, um, you know, Bob Irving tweeted tonight that Winston Rose played his best game of the season. Mm. Uh, and I, well, that's that hard means to disagree something. with. Yeah. That's, Bob that's says hard it. To disagree with, um, bar flies frequent in the live chat here uh, on bonfire sports. What if the blue bombers were still practicing in pads during this stretch? And guess what? <laughs> the blue bombers were practicing in pads before that game in Calgary. 
Oh, were they? Yeah, that was, you know, one game down going into the second of three straight on the road. Um, You know, that was seven games in the books with no buy. And they knew Calgary was going to be a physical battle. Every time you, you want to win in Calgary, you're going to have to out physical the other team. They practiced in pads. It was about half a practice, you know, like yeah. some of the guys took them off. The quarterbacks leave them on to kind of get used to throwing with them, that sort of thing. Um, but uh, they're practicing in pads. That That's uh, it's, it says something, you know, to prepare a team to play hard, even if yeah. uh, the road to get there has been a tough one. Well, the road has been on an incline. And and the other thing I want to say, Darren, about Rose is not only did he beat Gino Lewis covering him, he beat Gino Lewis covering him as a quarterback. You saw that double pass, right? Where they threw back to Gino Lewis and he threw a bomb that was pretty accurate. And Rose was right on that one too. Like I can't imagine how right. hard that is as a DB to not only cover the quarterback, but then to, to cover a double pass where you don't know where it's going. Mm-hmm. Uh, just another reason uh, Rose was amazing tonight. You've got here, uh, freeze it again here. Six and zero on the road, and they they only have three road games left, and and a few of those are late in the late in the season. Yeah, that's right? crazy, like, eh? Like how they perfect got- is this setup for a Bombers? Uh, someone asked about unbeaten, and the uh, the only team to ever go unbeaten was the nineteen forty eight Calgary Stampeders. They were twelve and zero, and then they went two zero and one in the playoffs when they had the uh, on aggregate, you know, that the, the aggregate Grey Cup, yes. Uh, so that's nineteen forty eight. So that's a good omen because that's my lucky. Uh, that's the time my dad, uh, the, my dad's birth year, my my forty eight jersey. So I, I don't know, I don't know. I, I think it's a different, very it's interesting. A, it's a different uh, era now. I think teams are are much smarter about resting players, although you don't want it is. It is you a don't different want to era for sure, too much, but anyway, I'll I'll uh, I'll let you go here on some of more of your comments here. Yeah, I wanted to pull up this this one comment uh, by uh, Mac Carr, who's nice. watching live on YouTube. Uh, thanks for joining us, Mac. Appreciate it. Uh, football is like proper war campaign. You prepare, you strategize, you uh, roll out your troops, uh, you train them. Um, you know. Uh, not not maybe the uh, the most family friendly uh, metaphor, but uh, probably one uh, that is bang on. Uh, so yeah, six and zero on the road. The Blue Bombers still have three games, as you mentioned. It's crazy. Labor Day in Saskatchewan, of course, the week before the Banjo Bowl. Uh, after the Banjo Bowl, they go to Hamilton. Then they have their second bye of the season, and then it's home game, home game at BC in mid-October, and that's going to be a very, very big game, week 19 of the season at BC to, um, yeah. you know, that that could, they just play BC twice, uh, or pardon me, they do play them three times, but that will be game two of three in BC, then Winnipeg has a bye, and then the final game of the season at IG Field against BC. That could easily decide the division. People yeah. forget the Lions have one loss. That's true. You know, like yeah. Winnipeg's not out of the woods. Um, it, it could very well come down to it. So as you mentioned, it's a different, you know, era and, and the rest and resting players and all of that. Winnipeg could very well need to win their final two games of the season. That's a distinct yeah. possibility. Yeah. So um, do, you, do you, and also like, even if they don't have to win, do you really want BC beating up on you two games in a row? And then you got to face them in the playoffs. Right. 
you know, there's a little bit of mind game that, uh, that goes into that uh, as well. Speaking of streaks, waiters mentioning that it's three straight days for bonfire sports. I'll have yeah. to restock the firewood next week. I'm having to restock some other things, uh, not yeah. so much the firewood, but yeah, absolutely. Well, Hey, we got good fire starters here uh, in the live chat, uh, helping stoke uh, the fire. But we don't um, want to burn the marshmallows either, Darren. You know, no, you do deserve true. some rest. Uh, Jeff mentioning Westwood <laughs> wide to the right, the damn horn, which seemed to have a mic attached to it. Yeah, you know, we, we talked at length about that uh, tonight. Here's a question from uh, Transcona Pauly. Uh, Does Mike O'Shea get an NFL or an NCAA gig? Uh, short answer. No. Yet. <laughs> Possible? Sure. I wouldn't rule it out. He wouldn't take an it. offer. I, I can't see it happening. But it's a decent question because, you know, if, if he's that good a leader of men and that yep. good a coach, sure. I mean, you, you see that sometimes that coaches go down there. But uh, I just he's just so Canadian <laughs> in and out. Right. Like, I just can't see him. <laughs> which On NFL that wavelength, team Jeremy Bombers Hernandez, be? which NFL team can the 2022 Blue Bombers beat? Uh, these are such hypotheticals that they're entertaining to entertain, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I bet you they could beat a lot of teams. Like, what do you do? I know when the Winnipeg rifles play preseason exhibitions against American NCAA teams, they'll come up to Winnipeg or they'll go down to, to Minnesota or North Dakota and they'll play a hybrid game where it's Canadian oh, rules yeah. in the first half, American rules in the second half. Um, is it the best football? Uh, it's a little weird because often yeah. the, even the referees get confused. They'll be like, how many downs are there? Uh, I've seen that happen in, in some of those hybrid games, but um, you know, if there was a world where you could have a, a you know, a three and a half down football game on a uh, 60 or 58 yard wide field and you know, only one fifty-five, and then it starts at the 45, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, could the Blue Bombers in a vacuum beat NFL teams? I think so. It would be tough. I don't, I don't think it would be easy. I think some people would think I'm absolutely crazy for saying that. But this Blue Bomber team, I think, could do it. Yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them. It would be kind of weird to see hybrid rules. I, I know in the – was it in the 60s and 70s they used to have – Yeah, like Toronto games. would go play the, the New York Giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be super fun, though. Yeah. Uh, one half Canadian rules, one half maybe American, like Larry Ward saying. Who knows? You know, I, I, I assume they could kick the tar out of the Browns or something like that. Well, maybe not the Browns of 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 this. Well, Deshaun like Watson's the Jets, out. the Jets, or some of the garbage Lions, some of the garbage teams in the NFL. Right. But right. who knows, man? I I think Mike O'Shea is a cross between. Bill Belichick and Phil Jackson, you know, Phil Jackson had the Zen thing going on. I think there's a Zen of Mike O'Shea, one game at a time, one play at a time, doesn't like to get into hyperbole. <laughs> and then he's got the Bill Belichick, you know, he's, he's always looking for that edge, right? And, well, like I uh, asked Mike O'Shea this week, I said, yeah. uh, you know, uh, who, anybody in, anybody out, any uh, injury news? Because you, you only had one practice <laughs> this week and it was closed. Uh, the CFL mandated injury report oh, will be yeah. released later today. I said, Hey, <laughs> appreciate it, Mike. Thank you. 
Well, with I didn't breath. you say I'll wait on bated breath? I wait with bated breath. Joke. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, we have fun at this point because I thought I that was to, great, man. I, I have to ask, but I also know what the answer is going to be. Well, for sure. Um, but I will keep asking. <laughs> I will keep but, asking. But the team could go undefeated. I, I, I don't think the, the, the bombers would ever tank for any reason. I think no. they have such, you know, they have such depth. Who knows? And you can go to SIA.com slash bonfire, sign up, get a bonus, and uh, you can use that bonus on a bet to see uh, if the Blue Bombers uh, can go undefeated or can win the Grey Cup. Yeah. Like, do you like the odds of the Bombers to win the Grey Cup? The sooner you make a bet, yeah. the better odds you're going to get that they do it. Um, so, yeah. And, and, and talking about the I know this is getting way ahead of time, but... But talking about the Grey Cup, you know, if you if you imagine that a Western team is not going to be able to cross over and get to the big show because they never have, who in the East, you know, I think you would say maybe Hamilton is coming on. Uh, Toronto seems to be losing its way a little bit. You never know with Ottawa. You know, I don't know who they'll meet if they make it to the Grey Cup, who they'd meet, but. Could be anybody right now. If they were healthy and had a few bye weeks under the belt, I I don't want to be you know hyperbolic, but who's going to beat these guys if they if they even play a B plus A minus game? Like if I had to, you pick never know. Right now, like one but, game, the Blue Bombers would lose this season. Like let's just say we're, we're sitting around the bonfire and we're chatting. Hey, what do you know? That's what we're doing. Uh, one game, the Blue Bombers could lose this year. Like just spitting garbage here i mean saskatchewan you never know what's going to happen in the labor day classic well for sure am i impressed with saskatchewan well you guys heard my uh power rankings uh, a week ago on midweek right where did i have saskatchewan way down i don't think they're a yeah. very good football team but no, not right now labor day classic banjo bowl that could happen winnipeg could go to hamilton in mid-september and lose yep you know, they could yeah. lose in BC easy. Yeah. You know, I say easy with, you know, it is football though. Like you relative. Can, yeah. I mean this, even this game, you know, if Kayon Julian Grant makes the catch, if, if her makes the catch, uh, if, you know, Cote doesn't ding it off the upright. I mean, games can go either way. It's just when you're nine and oh, you, you've faced all of those different scenarios and you always come on top. It's hard to imagine uh, losing, but you know, I, I, I can't see them going undefeated, even though we're, you know, we're halfway there, but think yeah. things will happen. They'll sit Kolaris and, uh, I, I, I always assume they're going to lose on labor day. I even did last year, Darren, with that dominant juggernaut of a team. I can't see them losing on labor day. I just can't see it. I, I don't think that, I think this team is just well, this- too mentally tough this, and resilient man like this recent mike o'shea blue bombers team like this yeah. era like what is their record at mosaic they dominate there yeah i'd have to look that up i know they lost like 2014 2015 they lost labor day 2016 they won it 2017 and 2018 they lost 2019 mm. they lost 2021 they won in labor day I'm trying to think 2015 they won in Mosaic or that was Taylor Field. I don't know. And then you throw the playoffs, right? So now they lost they, 2019 there? 
1917. That was the Augustine game, and that oh, okay. was the walk-off from Brett Lowther. Ugh. They they had him dead to rights. They were winning right. 17-16 Lowther. Yeah. Uh, with the dark side defense, and and they let them come back. That that sucked. But uh, you guys but in the, the live chat got to remind me. Uh, a couple of you saying, you know, Bailey. We get, let's ask Darren. Uh, ask away. I, I'm not sure exactly what that. Bombers uh, are part owners of New Mosaic. But come on, <laughs> be, winning the Grey Cup in Mosaic, first Western semifinal win, first Western final win, first preseason win. Uh, first, I think, regular season win in Mosaic in 2017, I believe, in that 43-40 overtime game. I may be wrong about that. But if it's the first Grey Cup win in Mosaic, oh, that would just be the the clean sweep. That would be beautiful. Yep. 2016 well. Waiters. That's when Medlock walked it off on a questionable uh, PI call against uh, Weston Dressler, set them up. It was 25-25. Uh, That's when uh, Kendall Lawrence tied it on a on a. I think a kick return touchdown that that uh, Medlock outkicked his coverage. And uh, yeah, that was crazy. I'm glad you mentioned Weston Dressler because there was a moment tonight that uh, I was about to tweet something about Weston Dressler and I erased it because the Bombers turned the ball over. Uh, so it wasn't really applicable anymore. <laughs> Dalton Schoen reminds me of Weston Dressler. And it's not because they're both, you know, white receivers. Okay. Yeah. yeah nothing, sure. It has nothing to do with that. It's just like their um, craftiness. Uh, like Weston wasn't able to use his body to catch contested balls like Dalton Schoen can, but the way they run their routes super, super hard and crisp, uh, the way they're able to kind of like slip through coverage and find pockets, uh, the way they are smart on the field to like, Broken play, quarterbacks rolling out, pockets yeah. exploded. It's it's mayhem. They find a spot. They find the quarterback's eyes, and they make the catch uh, on those broken plays. He really, really reminds me of, of Weston Dressler mm. as Dalton. Good Schoen. point. Yeah, and especially especially because we forget what we, we we remember the recency bias right of him and the Bombers. He was still good, but he wasn't a game breaker per se anymore. But when he well, those was, last couple of years in Sask, he was awesome. Wow, when he came when he came with Sask, wow. Yeah, uh, uh, Donnie's trying to see if I got my Grey Cup ticket yet. I don't yet. Uh, this toddler of mine has been so hard on my wife. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I I she needs she needs to get away, not be this time. But we'll see. We'll see where we are, and uh, who knows? I, I assume you'd be going, Darren. Yeah, be I'll your be professional there. obligation. I will. I will be there. I Do you have a hotel there. room? Apparently, there's no the hotel room. The football reporters of Canada uh, have a block of reserved rooms for uh, very media. Good. To very go. good. But uh, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm a member of the Football Reporters of Canada Executive Committee with our president Jeff Hamilton, of course, from right here in Winnipeg. Uh, Tim Baines out of Ottawa, Jamie Nye out of Regina. That is the executive, and uh, yeah, we will we will be uh, in awesome, Regina buddy. for Grey Cup Week. Bonfire Sports will be there as we always always are. Our good friend Neil Bosclair asked uh, quite a bit yes, earlier. Hey Neil, hey buddy, how are you, uh, Darren? What is a misconduct? Because there was that one play where um, a misconduct penalty uh, happened right. tonight. It can be a variety of things. Uh, Beverett, right? It was on Beverett. Right. It could be yeah. is something as egregious as spitting uh, or uh, eye gouging somebody. It could be uh, maybe getting a little loose with the language, either at the opponent or at the officials. Uh, you can give a misconduct to the bench if it's a coach or that sort of thing uh, who's not a, a player on the field. 
Um, it's essentially anything that is misconduct, like conduct unbecoming of a professional athlete playing Swearing. within the rules of the game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, they, they happen. It's football. It gets a little bit passionate sometimes. Uh, that's just the way it is. Uh, here's a question I get so often, mm. Zach. Zach, nice hat, man. Flip it around so people can see. Where can I purchase one? Uh, I really want to get some t-shirts and some hats made up. People have been clamoring for that bonfire B. Uh, I'm working really hard right now on getting hockey ready to roll. And this one, right? Like this um, one's beaut, buddy. Yep. And, I even uh, had someone reach out to me on Facebook, Darren. They asked if I was a logo maker. Oh. I was like, no, no, no. That was Darren. <laughs> like, well, that was my buddy Matt. Interested in sports. That was but, my oh, buddy. Yeah, Matt. Right, right. So, like, I I think what we should do, Darren, is we should we should uh, maybe next year have uh, an official spot in the tailgate, and we'll be selling mm. some merchandise and getting some hot takes. What do you guys yeah. think? Be part of the tailgate there. That's why you're the bonfire starters. You give us those hot takes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm saying that I'm all elite because I have a, a, a the FRC has a, a bank of hotel rooms. I guess if you want to call that elite, I mean, what do we do? We just work all week uh, and then party all night. That's great. Uh, you are us. elite, buddy. You, you've you been working this, this uh, gig for a long time, grinding, right? And uh I uh, my my wife's friend lives in Regina, and they said I could always have a place to stay. And oh, nice. my kids love their kids. You know, we could I could bring the family. You know, I could be a family affair. So, well, um, great cup. It's it's either you make it a family affair or you don't. <laughs> There's no in between. Right? Well, it's a family anyway, right? You go to those parties, and uh, it's just the best. It is really the best. It is the great cup. You uh, got to go. So we'll we'll see. I think my wife might be getting out to a, a bachelorette in uh, in New York in September. So we'll text see. me that address. I will see them there. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, Darren's going to join a bonfire sports special. <laughs> We're just filling time till we hit midnight because <laughs> we just right. we might as oh, well, guess, right? Yeah. I guess yeah. We're we had some people. We had some people stay along for the ride. Hey. Yeah. Look at this. Waiters, uh, I think, said he was a little bit late, but, uh, you know, a lot of you guys have been here from the start. Uh, still yeah. well over 150 strong. Uh, Jeff, yeah, I mean, uh, great cup party over family. Um, yeah. Maybe a, one week a year. You're, you're, you're probably right. But uh, I've been to the last six great cups. It started in 2015 here uh, in Winnipeg. Yeah. Um, obviously no, no cup in 2020, but all those, uh, starting 15 in Winnipeg where I was working every day for the TSN national radio broadcast. Oh, so yeah. like every press conference, every media availability, every, uh, thing I was there. Um, and then I still remember, you know, like the rap party on Sunday night. Uh, I don't even know when we got to bed. It was well past dawn. Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I still remember. I don't think I'm telling too many stories out of school. Uh, Jeff Hamilton and I sitting in my living room at whatever hour in the morning eating breakfast, and his girlfriend texts him. <laughs> and it's like, oh man, she's getting up for work oh, Monday man. morning. And we're still uh, enjoying uh, our, for both of us, our first Grey Cup experience. I mean, I've been to Grey Cup games, but never like the whole week and enjoyed it all uh, <laughs> like that. But uh, since then, I've been addicted to it. It really is a special thing. It um, is. I advise people to, to go. If you've never been to a Grey Cup, go. It's in Regina this year. Even yeah. if it's 
two teams that aren't the Blue Bombers. Go to the game. You're going to have fun. It is fun. It's such a blast. And my mother-in-law is part of my official entourage for every great cup. So, I mean, I can't go wrong. <laughs> TP is a cyborg. <laughs> Late, lately, I have been. Um, yeah, and, and I, I can't disagree with uh, our top commenter here on Bonfire Sports week in and week out. Yeah. Party animals, uh, we probably behave a little bit more than we used to, but uh, well, you yeah, get to be your forties, right? You can't. It's, it's you can't do it, oh, and your body. You, just you hanging me out to dry now? Are you hanging? No, I'm me talking about dry? myself. Like I'm getting yeah. up there. Scott Roger has to work at six thirty, but he's still here. <laughs> Rifle up, way to go, nice. buddy! And um, true fans. But but Love we're it. gonna talk. Well, let's prep. Let's uh, give a promotion. Midweek's gonna come up. Yep. Every Tuesday, 7.30, I'm going to be there. It's going to be fun. And we are going to talk about, I don't know, 94. <laughs> we're going to talk about, I would like to talk, like we're going to have a sober second viewing of this game and, and talk about some of the some of the other things. We're going to go around the CFL, of course. And I think we need to talk about what we're going to expect from a back-to-back because back-to-backs are hard to win. But I yep. expect that the Alouettes kind of threw the book at the bombers because they were at home Mm. and i i don't know i just see the bombers being at home i think it's going to be a good crowd it's uh it's a thursday so you're not cutting into the lake time and i see them laying an absolute beat down on the alouettes oh really because i think they'll have seen the film i don't think that the alouettes are to have too much in you know in the binder as it were but that's that's just my initial take i don't know we'll, we'll, see. we'll see we'll talk about it well you're gonna go to sia.com slash bonfire on tuesday when the lines come out maybe even monday uh and, and try to jump on an early line if you think the bombers are going to just absolutely wallop the. i Alouette think they team. i think they come out as six and a half point seven point favorites would be my guess but uh and i would take that but uh, i don't know I, i'm kind of new into the betting scene so yeah me too me too <laughs> but hey no better place to do it than a canadian casino uh and to support uh one of your favorite channels uh here in the winnipeg sports scene sia.com slash bonfire sports love how everybody Pardon me, sia.com slash bonfire. Um, Everybody in the live chat is like now mentioning their age, like uh, Aaron and Larry and and Scott and uh, Waiter still hasn't told me his age. No, that would be a very, very interesting one. Whatever it Um, is, he's young at heart. Oh, no question. No question uh, about that. Uh, 1994. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was getting into a little bit of trouble in 94. Not too, too much. I was 11, so I think I was I was pre-Zach getting into trouble. Yeah, well, and and Gregory, I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> Oklahoma State. If you know, you know. Uh, well, hey, you already uh, promoted us, Zach, Tuesday night. Yeah. Our midweek. Yeah, baby. Live right here on the channel. Uh, we're going to uh, have a sober second thought of this game. Uh, we always get a little bit loose on uh, After Dark. We're going to uh, try to tighten the screws on uh, Bonfire Midweek. And then, of course, well, yeah, there they are. The bots are back. Uh, it means yeah. it's time for us to, to sign off soon. But uh, Chris Walby and I will do the pregame as we always do. So it's going to be another <clears throat> Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, back to back to back, three-game road trip for the Bonfire crew. Um, Tuesday night, 7.30, Wednesday, 3 o'clock, Thursday Ooh, after DB, the game. get some sleep. 
It's going to be a blast. I, I can't wait. Rest up this weekend, everybody. Have a great time. Uh, it's summer. Enjoy. Uh, enjoy this unbelievably impressive and entertaining football team uh, we call the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Last and thought, we, back. Well, I just think my last thought is we should get sign guy Donnie a hat. He should be a priority because it would be free marketing. He's on TSN every game, like multiple right. times. So I, I do think, you know, maybe even uh, give him half off. I don't know what these hats cost, like 60, 70 bucks, you know. <laughs> right. I think they're a little bit cheaper than the poutine <laughs> helmet. Just a little bit less expensive. <laughs> Uh, I can't wait to see what the bombers come up with for a, for a poutine helmet and and I want to eat a Walby burger and I'm going to tee up our friend Chuck Curdy who's coming from Pittsburgh uh, uh, invite folks maybe to have a, to meet him on on the night before he's coming in he's driving so we'll have lots to talk about but uh, late good comment, night everybody oh. late comment of the night to Andrea I'm old enough to be your sister. <laughs> that's good <laughs> oh that's a great one uh at six minutes past midnight amazing um, 35 well, 20 the ball yeah, win and move to nine and oh um enjoy everybody it's been a great one all right good night